Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, this pod is going to be an absolute monster. I didn't realize it, but we still have 21 teams to do for our Summer League prospect review, which due to various travels, we have not had a chance to review the film on. But now we shall have the entire league, or at least two-thirds of it, to go through here. And we're going to start with the LA Clippers and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who will be 20 this season per his basketball reference age. That's what Danny is using on these I thought that he played above expectations, which was good for Clippers fans. Really showed some nice things in some big games. Also had some pretty tough games as well. Ended up with 30% usage, though. The fact that he's able to create that many shots, a positive sign. 50% true shooting, so below average there. But uh, I thought that his ability to operate and pick and roll looked good. I thought that he was very willing to take three-pointers, which we hadn't seen. Uh, shot it very well around the rim. And... Uh, well, I want to watch his defense more closely at the NBA level. He, he did have some moments where he pressured up and caused problems. He had nine steals and four blocks in four games. I'm a little bit worried for myself about Shea because he's exactly the type of guy that I end up overrating, which is a player who is versatile enough to do a lot of things right. But if he can't do the most important things for his position, that value is muted. This is the same problem I had with Dante Exum as a prospect. Now it's a little bit different. And so what I really liked about Shea is that he has a good sense of kind of like when to push and when not to push. He's more comfortable with his jump shot than it's necessarily going in right now. But that's still a good sign. I'm still, you know, he was three of 12 from three. So it's not like he was taking a ton or making a ton or anything like that. But something that struck me, I went back and actually watched more film of him today. And I noticed that he was getting by his guy a lot, but he wasn't really shaking them a lot. And so I don't know how I feel about that yet. I mean, he is taller than most guys who are going to be defending him and he's pretty quick for his size as well so parts of that i like you know if you're getting by your guys sometimes i don't care as much about how it happens but the uptick in quality when you get to the nba level makes me a little bit concerned especially when you take into account that he didn't answer the big questions about his jump shot even though he looked more comfortable taking it than i expected yeah but that's step one and i think he, he's able to shoot the ball reasonably well it was just that he wasn't aggressive enough with it the release was a little bit too slow i like the fact that he's able to get to his spot create space and score i think he played a little bit stronger than that 180 pound frame would indicate and then his craft finishing around the rim you know schmitz was huge on how he's got these nice scoop finishes these inside hand inside foot finishes and he is a little bit over reliant on those scoops when he gets to the rim you know he's not going to be able to explode he's not going to be able to go in 
into the chest of the defender and still finish you know it's all craft stuff if he doesn't have the option of sneaking it under the defender's arm to the rim then he could have some trouble finishing but the the numbers there were pretty good and I I thought he played a little bit harder defensively which was one of my big concerns uh, about him because he clearly did have the physical tools even if there are a lot of times when he just wasn't getting into a stance I thought that he did a better job of that so certainly uh, I mean I no way you're not going to feel more positively about him after this summer league than you would have going in. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And you mentioned that he was going after steals. I think he averaged 2.2 steals per game overall in summer league, which was good. And remember, he was also he was on a 30% usage during summer league, which you expect guys who are going to be heavily involved in their teams whenever that happens with Shea. It might not be as much this year just because the Clippers guard rotation is ridiculous, but you want them to have the ball in their hands a lot. He had the ball in his hands a lot, and I thought he did a reason well let's move to jerome robinson now out of boston college played pretty much exclusively as a shooting guard very little in pick and roll in fact his pick and roll number is only four possessions most of his work was done off the ball either spotting up or coming off the screens he also will shoot threes off the dribble with a pretty small window i mean it looked like really you know that was going to be his big skills the ability to shoot the ball from three with some pretty difficult attempts we'll see whether the ball goes in for him or not i also liked his ability to get a few bs points by cutting he he had a nice knack for when to just slip into the lane and his finishing skills although he's an average athlete for a shooting guard at about 6'5", not really going to dunk it, but was able to move the ball around, have some craft finishing in a way that I didn't necessarily expect that much from him, though my familiarity with him was very limited before Summer League. And so he was able to get up six threes a game, uh, did only play three games, uh, but not really getting to the foul line, and then only five assists. So again, working much more as a scorer, as an off-ball player, in general yeah what was interesting to me about the way that the Clippers used Jerome Robinson is I I, when I was watching him I was thinking well he has to do the things he does really well because that's all he's really you know out he's shooting those threes and for a player who was taken in the lottery that's concerning because that I think he could be more than they asked him to be you know you talked about the off the dribble shooting I think that's one one area but especially in terms of him as an athlete and as a defender I mean it seems like it's going to be hard for him to get to above average Let's put the line there. I mean, he could, if he tries and he executes, I think he can be fine. But for a guy who's not going to be able to defend threes or anybody bigger than that, in my estimation, you're asking for a lot from a guy when you're taking him that high. And maybe Robinson's shot goes in. I mean, it was 37% on about six and a half threes a game in summer league. So that's, you know, that's a good volume and, and a good percentage there. But he's going to need to keep doing that and then just add, as you said, like as a cutter and that kind of thing, just to, to create the value. But he didn't pop as much for me. It kind of reminds me in some ways of guys like Buddy Heald and some of the other guys where it's like, okay, if the shot falls, they're going to be valuable. If the shot doesn't fall, they're going to have problems. And so... I don't really have as much to say about those guys. Yeah, I thought he does have some craft with the ball in his hands to hesitation dribbles, crossover, get into the lane a little bit. But yeah, again, just not going to overwhelm anybody physically. And I think really the defense is going to be a big part of whether we see him as a starter and of course, whether the shot goes in as well. If he can defend his position at an average or above average rate and it can hit these tough shots that he's capable of generating from three, then you've got a player. Otherwise, you know, 
the lack of other contributions can become problematic speaking of problematic i don't think we need to spend too much time on it but Jawan evans who will play this is age 22 season just at really at no point in his professional careers has he been able to be efficient that included this summer league in which he shot nine out of 32 from the field and even more concerningly only four three-point attempts i mean there's just at his size no way that he's going to be able to have a chance if he can't start hitting some three-pointers he's not big enough to finish around the rim regularly doesn't appear to be an amazing passer either uh, and the fact that that three-pointer hasn't developed much i mean you remember he even started some games last year but that's just because they were insisting on bringing lou williams off the bench uh so i i mean really especially with the drafting of robinson and shea all the guards that they have it may not be with the clippers having a little more room under the tax now you know, still have some roster concerns you could easily see him as a potential cut candidate or a we'll trade this guy to some other team and pay his salary and you know just get rid of him because i mean he seems very clearly to me to be the guy on the roster who just doesn't appear to have much of a future at this point so uh, that's too bad for evans but i mean i really just didn't see anything to like it again and i don't have much more to say about him at this point maybe if he spends a few years really working on his craft overseas europe asia wherever it is and he can develop the parts that are lacking but he he isn't at a point where it were a, a reasonable jump over the course of a year would even get him into the the backup conversation for me like he's he needs to get a lot better and so until he does that you, you should probably be somewhere yeah. else we can move on to Cinderius Thornwell who I continue to like this will be his age 24 season because he stayed at South Carolina for a while he's competitive he plays solid defense and those things you know can translate well to summer league because not that many guys can try and execute defensively and he was able to score he was about over 14 points a game because he was getting to the line a lot I worry a little bit about that because i mean he, his, uh, I, I worry a lot about it because <laughs> if if that's what he's going to be relying on exactly because uh, his jump shot efficiently in the nba his shot hasn't come all the way around yet i still think there's room for growth there but at this point you know if, if you're going to be a, a real nba player like a rotation player on a team that that actually cares about winning you have to be a more complete offensive player than thornwell is right now so i like him i i want him to succeed but he he and and i think he could get there but he's not there yet so i i definitely definitely think they should like keep him on the roster for this year work with him a lot see if the shot can come around see if he can contribute a little bit more because the defense and the athleticism are at a place where you can work with it but he needs to do more yeah i think defensively he had some rough moments earlier in last year but it really came on as the season progressed offensively i mean he did shoot 38 percent from downtown last year but only 61 attempts in 1156 minutes so that is a very small number of attempts 12 percent usage and the three ball is a little bit mechanical for him he doesn't shoot what might be referred to as an easy ball in fact every once in a while he can get the shot off quickly but it really does seem like he's like going through it step by step in his head every time he releases the ball and then getting into the lane those fouls I mean a lot of that is based on his strength at 24 this season he will be a lot stronger than many of the players that he's going up against I mean that that kind of bully ball was how he scored effectively in college as well and, and but it doesn't really have the athleticism to get to the rim much except in transition so it really is going to come down to the three ball and I think signs are mixed there you know he certainly shot it better 
but it's really going to have to become a a big weapon for him to be sure and he's not there yet because i i I don't see how it is that he can score efficiently and be enough of a threat offensively because he's not going to be operating with the ball in his hands considering his level of shot making and athleticism i think we can turn now to the lakers and uh, summer league mvp yes josh hart and i thought the biggest thing for me with him was that his three-point shooting off the dribble was quite a revelation eight out of 21 and three pointers off the dribble out of pick and roll and just took a ton of threes uh eight three-pointers a game making 37 percent of them and again with many of those extremely difficult either deep attempts or off the dribble right and this is something i've mentioned this before about when i watch film for before a guy gets drafted i try to watch film before i look at the numbers and the reason why i do that is because i want to know the character of the shots they're taking before i look at the percentage and so with him with Hart, you could say oh well he shot 40 percent on threes for the lakers last year he shot 37 percent in summer league okay yeah but these are way harder attempts like though that was more in the catch and shoot variety you know the the perfect circumstances you know having your feet right and all that they had they had distributors getting in the ball these were much tougher shots and he still did really well on it i thought he did a better job than i expected creating for teammates and so i i still think Hart. you know i'm not sure he's at the level as an operator with the ball in his hands where you're going to use that on a team that actually has really good players around him but it's nice to have for sure and what's great about josh hart is that he does the other stuff really well so that he can fit in as a smaller cog in a big machine machine or it can fit in as a bigger cog in a smaller machine at, at other points and that's really a good framework for a young player whose role is still a little bit to be determined on this Lakers team as they build around LeBron not only this year but moving forward yeah I am already getting pissed off that Lance Stevenson might play over him you know I just uh, I think Hart is uh, his shooting I mean the, to get to this level you know he's going to need to be guarded and uh, that is, they so desperately are going to need that on this team you know he's not going to switch against the absolute biggest guys but he's strong he's got good length as well almost a seven foot wingspan so he can switch against the vast majority of players you know i think they're gonna be doing a lot of that this season as well uh I mean, one thing that was lacking i mean he, he used 170 possessions offensively and only had 21 assists i mean that's not great but this is a guy who is really having the ball in his hands for the first time in his career and most of his work out of pick and roll is bombing the three ball from deep instead of getting to the lane forcing help i do like though uh, he's able to use his length use his strength to get to the room when he gets his shoulder by he's able to get right to the corner of the backboard his man's not going to bump him off his path and he can even extend out and score at the rim against summer league big men also was able to work coming off his screens as well if he can add that to his game that would be very solid and just a really nice transition player i mean one of the things that this lakers team carried over in summer league that they've been doing a ton and that luke walton to me probably doesn't get enough credit for is the way that they do push the ball and i think hart is very effective there as well so i mean he he was a deserving summer league mvp and really shot the ball well in some very difficult attempts it definitely bodes well for him to be able to play that three and d role and then also to be able to get in the lane off of closeouts make plays and and defend i mean he's just if he continues on this development path i mean i don't think he needs to be bombing a bunch of threes off the dribble necessarily and you know that's still only a few games we're talking about here but that does bode well for his ability to hit spot ups and he's on course to being exactly what this team needs to work around lebron and brandon ingram and as a quick point Hart is a great example of why you roll the dice on a on a wing late in the first round you know from 20 on because 
sometimes they're not going to work, sure. But sometimes, even if they're a rotation player, exceedingly valuable. So saying drafting Caleb Swanigan over Josh Hart is probably a mistake because guys as good, you need to be so good at the four, let's say, to be there that those guys are going to get taken higher than 20. Yeah, we'll have to like rotate between Caleb Swanigan, Henry Ellenson, and TJ Leaf as our guys who just don't really make any sense drafted in the second half of the first round examples which we're going to be using a, a lot of here Svi Mikhailik uh, drafted 47th uh, overall out of Kansas uh, took a circuitous route uh, was a, a sensation going back to even the under 16 European championships from Ukraine came over to enroll at Kansas a year earlier than most freshmen would. Uh, so despite playing four years there, he's only 21 right now, just turned 21 in June. And he's got more athleticism than he showed at Kansas. The big thing, though, here was the three-pointer, 26 out of 67, so 39%. Remember, they played both in Sacramento and in Vegas. Shot it extremely well on spot-ups, gets into his shot well, can play off of screens. Another thing that may be a little underrated about him is that he's a little tougher than probably people give him credit for. He actually played the four at Kansas to some degree. He's got a short wingspan for his size, but he, he can at least fight hold up in the post a little bit and then offensively with the ball in his hands he has some ability in pick and roll but he's not really going to get all the way to the rim and draw the defense he's got a habit of taking a lot of long twos when you put the ball in his hands but another guy who can get out in transition and finish uh rise up for the jump shot and as long as he's hitting it he can look pretty good yeah, and I thought Svi showed more with the ball in his hands than I expected. I, I will admit that I didn't expect a lot, but he, he looked more comfortable. Yeah. He had he had some pull-up game, which again, this kind of ties in with Josh Hart. Like, I don't expect him to use that a lot in the NBA, but it's still good that he has it. And yeah, I, I thought, you know, more fight in him, a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I could see him being a capable NBA player. We're going to have to see, again, whether the shot falls, whether he can really put in the work necessary to get himself open a lot, because with players like Svi. I mean, he watched a lot of film of like Clay Thompson and JJ Redick and Wayne Ellington, those type of guys to just, because that's what he's going to have to do all the time because that, that that's how it works. And so I, I hope that he can get there. I like Svi a lot, but he's going to have to actually do it now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he looked comfortable shooting from pretty deep as well. You know, the, the NBA three didn't look to be a huge challenge for him at this point. Mo Wagner uh, will play this is age 21 season. A little tough to learn that much about him offensively in this setting because so much of it is just based on is that three pointer going to go in pick and pop in particular, but certainly looked as comfortable taking those shots as you would have liked. His summer league was limited to only three games due to an ankle injury. I thought that defensively, he showed a little bit more fight. We've alluded to this a couple of times already now here uh, than expected. He'll at least jump to challenge shots. He's not necessarily going to block shots, but he'll stick his nose in there. Same thing on the boards uh, as well. Yeah couple times when he was matched up against harry giles he was able to cut off giles on his drive you know i, I don't think that giles is a, a great face-up driver at this point but he was able to cut him off and so i think the toughness was impressive there and i also thought his ability to put the ball on the floor off of his closeouts he showed more than expected if it not being necessarily a strength of just straight line drive off a closeout get to the rim um whether he's able to actually finish there or not uh, will be an interesting question but at least being able to look smooth attacking the basket 
off of those closeouts uh, was something that wasn't necessarily anticipated. Again, it wasn't a guy I had a ton of familiarity with. The concept of him uh, as just a pure stretch four wasn't something I liked, but I think he at least showed that he might be able to some degree to transcend that archetype. Yeah, I went back because both his steal and block numbers were higher than I expected. And I actually watched all of them because I'm, I'm saying they're good. Because there are a lot of times when you can get a player and you just, you, and, and they could be the ball fell to them, or you, maybe it was a generous score or something like that. And Wagner earned it. He earned those steals. He earned those blocks. He was very aggressive on defending entry passes, which is a good, I mean, there are downside risks. If you're not getting the ball, sometimes you're giving away an easy basket. So, but I thought mostly his steals were well played in this blocks he was in the right place at the right time most of it and so that made me a little bit more confident that he can bring more on the defensive end than that kind of stretch for I I don't think that he'll do enough to be a five other than you know maybe in that backup role if the offense really comes around he could be kind of a new age backup five but there's a there's more to like there than I expected so I was pleasantly surprised Isaac Bonga, a tall, very thin, but not incredibly bouncy player. The ideas of him is as an oversized point guard. At this point in time, you know, even it appears the coaching staff in summer league didn't think he was ready for summer league. He only played 10 minutes a game, played seven games. You know, he, he was coming over a little bit late, getting involved in, in things. And the probably most interesting thing about him, other than his size and ball handling ability, is the fact that he doesn't even turn 19 until November. But really not much else to see. I mean, he only had average two points a game and two turnovers a game in 10 minutes a game. Uh, only took four threes, but those, that was out of his... 12 field goal attempts overall so really he was just kind of when he was in there they would put the ball in his hands he would bring it up and then pass it and then not really do anything after that also worth noting bonga and svi both got three-year contracts bonga's first two years are fully guaranteed and then his third is non-guaranteed svi's first year is guaranteed and he got more than the minimum i think both guys did but then his last two years are unguaranteed so bonga that that was the pick the lakers traded for before the draft even started i think was like two days before they got it from the sixers so they definitely won wanted him like that that's what the reporting that came out after the fact but and so we'll we'll see exactly what they intend for bonga i think it's more of like a flyer i mean when you get a guy on a three-year contract like that and he's not turning 19 in a few months you can you can take your time with him but every roster spot is important with this team i will get to jaron jackson jr who had a very interesting run in the two summer leagues that he played in but first this from farmer's dog dog food companies claim to use all natural ingredients but what kind of beef or carrots is going to sit on a shelf for years highly processed food isn't really that great for humans and it's not really that great for your dog either that's why farmer's dog was created they actually started out of the the founder's kitchen in brooklyn making dog food out of fresh ingredients and now you can get those fresh ingredients to just complete a short questionnaire use a vet developed meal plan created just for your dog and the food arrives at your door pre-portion packs ready to open and pour my buddy brett who has a dog he tried out the service and they wanted to just kind of wean their dog, Mr. Hanky, he's a, a puppy actually, onto it. And so they mixed it with his old food and he just ate around the old food and, and ate all of the fresh ingredients. It's real food. It smells like real food. It matters because adding fresh food to your dog's diet can reduce cancer risks by 90%. And... 
they put their money where their mouth is because they actually try all of the food that they make themselves so it really does have fresh ingredients start feeding your dog better today you can get 50 percent off your two-week trial of fresh healthy food and free shipping at thefarmersdog.com slash cap space easy remember slash cap space we talk about it all the time here on the program that's thefarmersdog.com slash cap space it's a url here that'll get you 50 percent off your first two weeks thefarmersdog.com slash cap space use that slash cap space url let them know that you came from us so I've got a lot of specific observations on Jaron Jackson Jr. who will play this his age 19 season. He is quite young as well. But just overall, what were your impressions of him? Well, I mean, you, you sit there. I mean, what the thing that was so striking was his first game. I mean, so it was that beginning of summer league in Utah. So before even the Vegas stuff started, he drops eight of 13 from three in that game. It was overall 10 of 18 from three in Utah. That was way more volume than I expected. And sure, it was inflated by one game. And he was 50% overall on three and a half attempts per game in both summer leagues combined. And that's certainly interesting. I mean, that, but his value is going to be on the defensive end. And... I thought there you kind of had a mix of two different things. I thought his rebounding was okay. His block rate was was strong. I mean, 11% and I think it was like three or four blocks a game. And that was good. But one of the things that you and I really liked about Jaron as a prospect was the possibility of him being a better switch defender than almost all centers. And there were some times where he looked pretty good, but then there were some other times where it's like, oh yeah, NBA players are way better than the guys you faced at Michigan State. Yeah, and it's worth remembering, too, that, you know, Clint Capella, who's a good switch defender now, wasn't a good switch defender his first year, right? I mean, you just have to get used to NBA moves and speed. I mean, he was getting crossed up a lot. The change of direction, he he wasn't really able to deny penetration as much on those switches. And even in college, I think he relied a lot on that fantastic on-ball timing where he's able to bother and block shots around the rim of the guy that he was switched onto a lot of times. That didn't work quite as well for him here. I thought that his shooting was really interesting. I mean, you mentioned that eight out of 13 in the first game, he only took 28 threes overall in the eight games that he played. And he definitely had some games where he kind of disappeared a little bit too. But I mean, just the incredible aggressiveness that he showed shooting those threes in that first game against the Hawks. I mean, he's just feet weren't set, just chucking it up there. Like the ball's going in and you're like, this can't be real, right? I mean, for a big man to even get off 13 three-point attempts, you know, when's the last time we saw a guy who's a true big shoot that many threes in a game even at the nba level and so i mean we thought all right he can shoot the ball pretty well he's open maybe it'll take a while to adjust the line i mean he was bombing and bombing from deep to and while he has that unconventional form he originates the shot pretty low shoots it pretty low it does at least have the advantage that he can shoot it from pretty deep and get his legs into the shot and shoot it on the way up with no issues so i mean that one game maybe we'll be talking about that game as just utter fool's gold for the rest of his career but i mean i've never seen a big man come in and and have any kind of shooting game like that ever in summer league i mean it was like if you just go back and watch the highlights of that i I highly encourage you if you're listening to this you haven't seen it to do so you're just to be like what the hell is this this is unbelievable uh i I mean i i can't remember the last time i saw anything i mean he was shooting like trey young style of shots almost he hit like a step back like it it was really absolutely remarkable i don't want to go too crazy about it because again it was only one game in it and outside of that game you know it's not like he shot it terribly he was six out of 15 outside of that game uh the rest of his game offensively left something to be desired i thought um you know he likes to put the ball on the floor 
but isn't really quick enough to beat guys you see a lot of spin backs you know that's never really a great time he he loves to spin back to his left hand try to he does get good extension on his left-handed hook shot but those are difficult shots i mean he's not creating the separation he's shooting over guys a lot i think he needs to get stronger you know really go through guys more than than he has been it's always a finesse shot around the rim with him especially if he's attempting to drive to the basket uh and the numbers reflect that he's only 10 out of 27 around the basket on half court possessions and and again he's very predictable getting that lefty hook most of the the time uh the post-ups again i mean he really because of the way he shoots the ball he has he no way to shoot a turnaround jumper so he'll do these pump fakes that are completely non-believable and then try to step through get to a hook shot or a scoop and, and that really wasn't particularly efficient for him uh so it'll be interesting to see i mean it looks like he's going to play mostly at the four this year we didn't see a ton of him coming over traditional rim protection verticality again a lot of his blocks are on ball using his length using his timing rather than showcasing amazing help instincts you know kind of the way wendell carter did but you know i still think he has the tools to be excellent defensively although a lot of that is going to be wasted at power four and i think he may actually be too slow at power four to a lot of the way although he does at least have some facility of closing out because he played power forward mostly at, at michigan state too so i mean certainly that one game just the overall shooting was tantalizing although you wonder why it is that he would take basically 50 percent of his three-pointers in one out of his eight games maybe he was told uh by the enlightened memphis coaching staff that he shouldn't shoot so many threes but uh yeah we'll uh we'll have to see how he develops i mean it's going to be really fascinating to me to see if that shooting potential comes around to anything close to what we saw that first game yeah it it definitely will be and I worry about his two-point game a little bit but he can be a low usage offensive player other than threes and that's totally fine with where the league is going and let's let's get and again remember how young he is oh yeah that's the other thing too right like I mean he he is he's a full year younger than you know guys like Bagley and Bamba Mm mm-hmm and a guy who's older than Bagley and Bamba, Javon Carter, who was Memphis's second round pick. This will be Javon's age 23 season after all of his time at West Virginia. Javon Carter's thing is defense, and that's why guys would not work out against him in the draft process. And you saw a lot of that. I mean, he really gets into guys, fits in very well with that uh, ball pressure approach that Memphis often uses with their guards. And that's all good. I, I mean, I think you saw a lot there. If you're a believer in Javon Carter's defense, plenty, plenty of ammunition there. I'm concerned about his offense for a couple different reasons one is he's not bad necessarily at at creating like he has he has some burst but i don't think there's his vision as a passer is amazing and he also is very comfortable at this stage in his career remember this is age 23 season taking bad shots and that is concerning because you kind of want to be in one direction or the other if you're a a more limited offensive player and i think he's kind of embracing some of that and, and they can work you can work on that you can get better but it can be a hard habit to break yeah he's a someone who just watching him i thought he actually looked okay you know looked to have a fair amount of burst he's strong when he was able to get to the rim it looked okay but the numbers were not good he was 25 out of 82 on jump shots in the half court and only 5 out of 13 around the basket so didn't finish efficiently and i mean 82 to 13 jumpers to shots around the basket is not great this is a memphis team especially once wayne selden stopped playing that didn't have a ton of shooting on it and that could in part explain some of his shot selection i I thought he was comfortable taking deep three-pointers certainly was 
willing to bomb it but only eight out of 37 on three-pointers but he was 39 percent his last two years in college and the defense was i thought as advertised uh also worth noting that he actually just suffered a thumb injury i don't think we have a timetable on it yet but it will require surgery and you know it sounds like maybe one of those six to eight weeks type of thumb injuries so hopefully he will be ready in time for camp but yeah it'd be interesting to see i mean he Devonte graham and jalen brunson were all drafted right next to one another 32 33 34 and what's kind of a trend of like all right i don't want to spend a first rounder on this guy who profiles as a backup point guard but now that we're in the second round we can do it uh, and you know sort of filling out this experienced backup point guard without a lot of upside niche i liked him better than brunson but i i thought graham looked like the best of those guys so far but you know just watching carter on film he looked like he he belonged just the numbers were not particularly great uh let's turn to kobe simmons this uh, will be his age 21 season he actually just turned 21 so he was really a year old for his class remember he came out after his freshman year was on a two-way but did play a little bit we actually did a 15 and 60 on him after he had a, a nice performance in a game against the warriors which was a blowout uh encouraging that he took five through throws a game and you know compared to where he was last year when he was 11 out of 43 on field goals he looked better uh he's flashing a little more skill level here he had you know tried to gnash layup when he got on a switch against mo bamba that didn't go in but it, it, it looked okay he tried some step backs uh he started i'm sorry he was actually seven out of 43 last year not 11 out of 43 um catch and shoot three-pointer looked pretty good release sped up he was actually six out of 12 on those shots so so that was uh encouraging and uh, he's made some strides i just wish and we don't have to spend a ton of time on it but i just wish he were a year younger and then you could really feel pretty good about his development but already at 21 you know he's not there yet as far as being able to contribute at the nba level the announcers kept on talking about how he was playing shooting guard now and his assist rate i believe did drop but yeah you brought up that he was six of four six of twelve on catch and shoot threes he was also one of eight on off the dribble threes which is concerning but he probably just shouldn't be taking those shots very often and so i'm intrigued by simmons i I still wonder about what the hell he's going to do defensively just because he's a little bit thin and he he could figure it out a little bit yeah he's got tools though i mean i think as as a one two defender and he's got a lot of acceleration like i think he he could get there we'll see maybe he can learn from uh his new teammate javon carter yeah his his elder statesman rookie teammate javon carter uh we can move to ivan rab 21 year old big out of cal and he missed last year's summer league but played about 23 minutes a game this time averaged you know 10 points little five and a half rebounds and I thought he looked fine, but I'm not really sure what his NBA role is. He's another one another one of those type of guys. I don't think he's a bad basketball player, but he's going to have to do more to justify playing time or to eventually get paid, especially because defensively, he didn't stand out for me as much as offensively. Yeah, I thought he moved his feet well as an isolation defender, but he's not really a shot blocker. He doesn't have great timing, even in isolation, to get a hand up quickly and contest. What do you think of this comparison for him offensively? A poor man's David Lee. Is that because he uses both hands? I'm guessing. Uses both hands. Um, he wears number 10, although that's not hopefully part of the comparison. Uh, but can face up, put the ball on the floor, hit kind of short running hooks uh, around the rim. David Lee was probably in his younger days a better athlete than Rab, uh, which is part of why I say poor man Rab's uh, developing jump shot. You know, he had a couple of turnarounds, you know, which wasn't something that Lee did a lot of, but just, just his general style of kind of just uh, working around, spinning, finishing with, with short flips uh, with either 
either hand, uh, just stylistically kind of reminded me a little bit. I mean, David Lee was a very good pick and roll big back in the day at a time when, you know, fours didn't need to shoot threes at, at all. But I actually, you know, in terms of like his post-ups, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought that his skill level, again, you know, are you going to throw in the ball in the post at the NBA level? Uh, probably not, but just to quickly turn and face, put it on the floor, make plays, finish around the rim with the jump shot developing. It was enough where I understood why they wanted to keep him instead of keeping Deontay Davis and defensively at least showed the ability to move his feet but he is a, a center he's got to play center defensively and you know still not really a rim protector so uh, I'm not high on him but he did show me more than I was expecting to see in this summer league should we move on to Wayne Selden yeah let's move on to Selden Selden to me it's kind of it, it's not so much that he's too good for summer league though I do think he pushes on that line it's also that he didn't have much to prove especially because he wasn't really playmaking as much as I want him to he was just getting buckets and he certainly did that i mean 21 points in 28 minutes a game 42 percent from three 20 free throws over the course of his games but i i don't know it was so he was good I, i'm not going to say anything was anything was wrong with wayne selden it's just that i i didn't i didn't wasn't really noticing much with him just because i'm like okay he's wayne selden did you see something more than i did well he's wayne selden i i think he he's looked pretty good the last couple of years oh you know, agreed, play agreed. This season yeah yeah that that's kind of what i was getting at is like okay yeah. he's he's good we, we know he's he's better than summer league guys well i think very quietly during the tank fest in memphis he returned from that quad injury that cost him almost two-thirds of the season and he shot 40 percent on threes with 6.3 attempts for 36 minutes you know, that's a pretty darn good rate and i mean he was one of the best players in the summer league 60 percent true shooting 21 points a game and only 27 minutes a game and that's that's very solid you know his passing was i mean not something that's a, a huge strength but it, he at least was able to average around three assists a game i think he sped up his release from three considerably and then another thing that wasn't necessarily on display in the summer league but just is worth noting about him is his strength i think he has the strength to switch defensively and so if he can bomb some threes get out in transition i mean he's able to get to the rim he's able to operate a little bit change speeds in pick and roll use his strength and he's especially in this setting an above average athlete and above average strength at the two position and so no i mean i i think it's like not impossible that he becomes a quality option as a starting shooting guard as soon as this year yeah no that memphis team they just have a lot of kind of like guys on the perimeter now i mean remember dylan brooks played a lot last year and then they added kyle anderson they added garrett temple like selden is going to be in that mix if he can stay healthy and i certainly hope that he can let's move to miami they played both in sacramento and then in vegas as well bam Adebayo had an interesting summer league certainly miami is among the leaders and challenging their established players, they usually only will have two or three of those guys on the roster because they're just a, are not a particularly young team. So it was basically Bam Adebayo and Derek Jones Jr. among guys with connection to the big squad. Adebayo will play this year at, at age 21. I mean, really, what stood out the most was how facile he looked bringing the ball up floor, his handle just, you know, was very solid. Was he able to do that much on those plays, grabbing, going? Not necessarily. You know, he didn't finish that well around the rim. And if he's going to play that way, facing the basket and and dribble to the rim, he, he's going to have to like make a pass every once in a while. And I, I think we've seen this a lot with big guys too. Is like some of them are able to get to the rim, but they're actually not really that skilled at finishing on the drive, right? Like they're more used to catching the ball in the dunker spot, taking a couple of steps, going right up for a power move. If they have to do a craft one foot finish it becomes more difficult for him and I thought that he uh, suffered from that uh, as well but 
and, and ended up only 14 out of 29 around the rim in the half court which with his athleticism is certainly disappointing but he was trying to expand his game but 20 out of 55 from the field a, a guy with his a, athleticism you know is not amazing no matter what you're trying to work on uh you know i'm not really going to talk about his defense that much that wasn't really you know we've seen enough of him at the nba level uh there you know this is really more about uh, any growth that he showed offensively and, and just you know the skill level he showed was intriguing uh but you know i can't say much more than that necessarily i wonder about how much utility there is going to be from for miami with really that kind of stuff especially the the pushing can certainly help a little bit but i mean they don't really need a center to do a whole lot they have a lot of guys that are more capable and especially now that they re-signed Ellington and you know long term there are a lot of question marks about who's going to be on Miami and if Bam can keep growing for the next three to four years he can maybe take on a larger role and yeah defensively I didn't love the urgency he played with like I remember I because I, I watched the game most closely in Sacramento but again it's a second year guy playing in summer league not a huge deal Derek Jones Jr you remember he signed a two-way last year with the Heat now with the big club uh, on a two-year deal at the minimum he's starting to get a little stronger in that miami heat system looking better with the ball in his hands but i think the, the most exciting thing about what we've seen from him is just that he shot 34 percent in the g league and actually took six per game with sioux falls so he was really encouraged to shoot the ball when he was in the phoenix system we didn't see him look that comfortable shooting the three that changed i think and then he looked pretty comfortable shooting the three in summer league as well he only played three games but he got to the line a ton you know i mean he's got athleticism but he's thin enough that contact is accentuated when it occurs not too encouraging they only made 15 of those 29 free throws um but certainly i mean the skill level that he showed was well beyond what we had seen from him at the nba level with phoenix you know he didn't he played some with miami last year on the two-way but he looked to be developing pretty nicely here i thought yeah, he was way more comfortable with the ball in his hands than I had remembered or expected, which is encouraging. And I, you know, I, I was actually ended up seeing a fair portion of them just with the way the game shook out. And other than missing a bunch of free throws, there was a lot to like. I mean, he was aggressive. He kind of, I, I thought he did a nice job picking his spots. You know, like some guys who are aggressive, like they're they're just at a hundred all the time. And Jones was better than that. He was doing a really nice job of running the floor in transition, which is good. That's exactly what you'd want him to do in Sioux Falls and Miami, of course. So I liked a lot of what we saw from him i was there when he injured his ankle it looked like it could have been worse i'm thankful that it sounds like it wasn't which is great but that did limit his overall summer league impact so we'll ho- hopefully he keeps taking and making threes the the proportion wasn't as ridiculous as it was in in sioux falls but still a lot to like with him for sure and this will be just his age 21 season because while he's bounced around a little bit at this point after the years with the suns and now in miami he's still a young dude yeah, he still remains very left-handed. If he does get going to his right, just not comfortable extending out to finish with that right hand, has to bring the ball back into the defense. So that's really the next thing for him to work on as well as continuing to refine that jump shot. And he still retains that fantastic athleticism. You know, certainly got up for some pretty big dunks, some tip dunks, uh, able to blow by his man and come down the lane. And, and there, are, there are times when he'd come down the lane and dudes wanted no part of trying to block that dunk. Let's move to Milwaukee. Uh, we'll start with the number 17 overall pick in 2017 dj wilson uh i thought his jump 
shot. He has somewhat of an odd behind the head release that he has to sort of hop into. But despite that, I thought the jumper looked pretty good. It has more versatility than you would think based on kind of that long looping release. Uh, but he was able to actually shoot on the move from two point range at time. Uh, also able to shoot some deep three pointers, uh, although he doesn't get a ton of arc on his shot. Uh, and then the other thing is he's a solid athlete out in space. He can get up for some dunks around the rim. But uh, my big problem with him is that he's still just soft as shit. I just don't know what the hell he is. Like, it, he doesn't really impact the game much defensively. And then offensively, you know, he can he can hit some shots, certainly. I mean, the, his form is a little bit weird, but he's confident there. And then he, if he, I think he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands, but it's not really a useful comfort because he doesn't really create or exploit seams in the opposition. He's just kind of happy to be there in a, in a way. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of his at this point. I'd love for him to get a lot better because he is, you know, reasonable athlete for his size, but I don't see it translating much onto the floor. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical right now. Yeah. I mean, still not a quality rebounder going back to his days at Michigan. That was a problem again, just the total lack of physicality. And there was this one play where he got switched onto someone pointed him into the post and he just sort of stood there, didn't seal his man. They throw the ball into him. The ball gets tipped away. He recovers it, you know, a couple of feet from the sideline. And this is like a little guard who's on him. And somehow just from the guy like chesting up on him, DJ ends up like losing his balance and almost falling out of bounds and having to throw throw the ball away and turn it over. It was just like a total lack of physicality. Um, a few good things. You know, I think he has some ability as a cutter. He's fast running the floor in a straight line. I thought he showed a decent enough ability to operate from the elbows as a DHO guy. You know, that's really how he was working as a big man. And then defensively, you know, again, not something that I focused in on quite as much, but he's going to have to be more than just, oh, uh, you know, in a pinch, he can switch onto this guy and kind of contain his man. He's got to be better than that, I think, to really have a career. And, you know, again, he did absolutely nothing in the G League last year. So not looking like a great pick as of now for milwaukee sterling brown however is looking like a solid pick he'll play this season at 23 out of uh proviso east high school maywood illinois right by where i went to to high school uh the three-pointer is the most important thing for him he was 10 out of 27 on threes he's got that strong body to defend uh any other thoughts on him i thought we saw enough of him at the nba level last year that I, he didn't do much to change my opinion of him, but I had a solid opinion of him. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I thought he looks good when he attacks, when he, when he really takes the ball. And, and as you said, the, the mid range game isn't necessarily there, but if he can, you know, if he can get to the basket, I think there's a little bit to like there. And I worry somewhat about his low steal and block rates, not necessarily because of summer league, but because that's also paralleling summer league and the regular season last year. So you kind of went, once you, once you get there, I think that he can get his body in front of guys. And that doesn't mean he's like a bad defender with, We've talked about this before, how steel and block rates, you know, it's it's an indicator, not definitive in and of itself. So I, I like a lot of what he does. This will be his age 23 season. I don't, I think to me, he's more of like a rotation guy than an eventual starter, but that's fine. The league needs plenty of rotation guys. And uh, unless you have more to say on Sterling Brown, we should also mention that their first round pick this year, Dante DiVincenzo, only played short bits in two games because he had a right groin strain. And to me, he didn't look at full strength in that limited sample. So I don't even really want to talk about the numbers or how you look because it didn't seem like an accurate reflection yeah well they better hope that one point on 17 possessions 
is not an accurate reflection of him uh he looked comfortable at least taking some pretty deep three-pointers I, I think you know again we're not it wasn't able to finish the rim perhaps because of that groin strain you know you where you could see him thriving is in as a second side guy in coach bud's system where he can get in the lane i don't know if he's gonna finish amazingly well but he's quick in a straight line can get in the lane for some help kind of keep the churn moving driving kick you know maybe that's what what his role will be and then to knock down open three pointers uh you know he and grace and allen are kind of interesting to talk about him later with liam uh an interesting comparison between those two guys similar age similar athleticism and, and skill sets oh, uh, one thing i wanted to mention yeah. briefly also christian wood was on their summer league team and he was the only player to be first team all vegas who was not a first rounder in either of the last two years so and, and i i guess yeah because josh hart was so congratulations to him 20 points 11 rebounds per game i thought he looked pretty good when he was out there so you know he's bounced around a little bit at this point I don't think he's gotten an NBA contract out of that performance, but I like seeing him do well. Uh, UNLV run Rebel himself. Yeah, he unfortunately has a reputation for just being a little spacey and you know that's why he's kind of washed out but I mean you can't deny the production. He's still amazingly only 22 years old. Let's move now to the Wolves. Justin Patton still recovering from additional complications with that foot injury. But they did have two draftees. Start with uh, Keita Bates-Jop, who will play this season at 23. Big appeal for him is the 8'10 standing reach, 7'3 wingspan. Really has the size to play as a modern power forward, even though he's about 6'7", 6'8". Has a, a strong body as well. What did you make of him? I liked how comfortable he seemed on the floor. I mean, he did play a, a lot of minutes and important minutes at Ohio State. So this is certainly an upgrade off of the talent he played against against but not not crazy and he just I don't know there was a little bit of that like TJ Warren competence that I saw with him which I liked and they don't exactly have the same game I wonder about Bates Jop's jump shot but just being able to score at multiple levels not not really rushing himself having an interesting kind of like in-between game like those things I thought those guys had in common and I mean the question with both of them is going to be can they ever take and make threes yeah Jop I think is ahead of where Warren is he certainly wasn't shy I think he was taking some pretty difficult attempts six three-pointers per game uh and uh was seven of 30 overall so not an amazing percentage as a junior it was what would have been his fourth year but he missed uh, he had a red shirt junior year he was 36 percent on threes in 184 attempts at ohio state so he and then he hadn't really taken that many up until that year so he's more of a made shooter than a born shooter and his form is not that smooth but again he was aggressive they even ran some plays for him where they would have a post up and then set a screen uh for him to get a three uh i thought his first step attacking off the of closeouts looked pretty good he's got a little bit of floater game as you mentioned he also can put his back to goal uh, off the dribble uh, and beat up smaller guys um so uh, athletically i'd say you know he's about average but he's got that big wingspan you know, and the hope is defensively he can be aggressive can switch uh on his, to smaller players and maybe even bigger players he, he's got a pretty strong body you know given the fact that he's already gonna be playing this year at 23 so again I, we said this when he was drafted i think uh, this film review has confirmed that he's a player who has a chance in the modern game and i think you know when you're picking what was he 48th uh that getting a player like that uh, you have to feel pretty decent about it especially a player who's a forward i mean i think of bates job more as a four than a three but theoretically i mean can can do a little bit and 
yeah. I, I well, of course, of being... course, he's going to be on the wolves. So, uh, sure, you know, that's true. F- fours are threes and fives are fours uh, on the wolves. That's true. And I could totally see him becoming one of those players who looks good in second units and you try him in the starting lineup and he's he's kind of not what you what you hope. Like I could see that being there, but he could Bates job could end up being better than that. And I'm certainly hopeful. But we can move to Josh Okoji, 20 year old out of Georgia Tech. This will be his age 20 season. And Okoji, I, I liked a lot of what he did kind of from a the, the basic physical standpoint, meaning like running, jumping and effort, like those sorts of things. I thought he did well. Yes, yes. His, his jump shot, you know, a little bit there. But I mean, the building blocks, I mean, when you, when you get a player who is his size, who can run the floor like he does, who can surprise you with his leaping ability, you kind of sit there and go, okay, maybe we can figure the rest of this out. Even though it's overly kind of stated that, oh, we can fix the jump shot. I like that he has the other stuff there already. Yeah, you recall at, at Georgia Tech, I mean, a lot of what he did was just operating in the mid-range uh, with that jump shot. He's more comfortable from the mid-range, rising up with his excellent athleticism. How hard he played did show out to me as well. He had nine steals and eight blocks in four games. I mean, this is a guy who's 6'5", you know, again, a, a big wingspan guy. Uh, excellent leaper off of one foot, really gets out in transition, will push the ball in transition. He's got a quick first step. Uh, I agree with you. He's still kind of feeling it out from the NBA line from downtown but he's got time here at 20 and he's transitioned to shooting more of a set shot from downtown so i think that will help him passing vision you know not really there as a combo guard only had seven assists in four games and you know the stats weren't great he was 14 out of 47 overall from the field three of 19 on threes and you'll see him just have some ugly turnovers as well a lot of times he'll try to get to his mid-ranger and i think a shot that he was just could normally get off in college would be challenged at this level and then he ended up having to pass off in the air it would turn it over uh so the field doesn't appeal appear to be amazing but again another guy who i think has a chance with with his athleticism to become a player uh he's got decent strength not like you know he's not like a marcus smart type of body necessarily so whether he could guard bigger players switch will be an interesting question he does have a lot of athleticism and and he plays hard so those are real good things for him and he's certainly an nba quality athlete and okoji only played in four games but it did show that he had more than two assists or sorry more than two steals and two blocks per game he also did have more than two assists per game but that sort of effort does those blocks were like nasty blocks dude just like coming out of nowhere in transition coming over from the weak side like getting shots in the air like spectacular blocks and that's great to see for a guard. I mean, you like the the highlight blocks. I mean, even going back to John Wall, because you're not really going to get position blocks as a guard. So if you can get up there, then that stuff will translate against better competition. All right. I actually, we've got a good segue here to the ad because the Knicks are next. So stay tuned here, but don't skip the ad. Just, <laughs> just actually uh, stay tuned for the Knicks coming next up next. A lot of interesting prospects on them. And if you're someone who needs contacts, you're going to watch that Knicks team. If you lose your contacts or you need to renew your prescription, it's going to be a problem if you can't actually see the TV. But simple contacts is the easiest way now to renew your prescription. I am lucky enough not to need contacts, but my fiance absolutely does. And 
I told her about this. I was like, hey, do you want to try this out? Let me know what you think. She said, sure. And, she, and then she's like, oh, I have to do like this five minute test. Like I'm trying to just order my contacts. Why can't I just give him my prescription? I'm like, no, no, no. You can actually, it's not just a question of getting your prescription. Like you're renewing, you take this test and now you just saved yourself a visit from the doctor's office or to the doctor's office, five minute vision test. You take it online, it gets reviewed by a licensed doctor and you receive your renewed prescription. So it's so much more simply than just putting in your prescription and getting the contacts you're saving hours no more appointments no more waiting rooms you don't have to overpay a doctor either and simple contacts has all the brands and the type of lenses you're familiar with so you don't have to shop around to find your lenses at the best price this vision test is only 20 bucks and standard shipping is free should know however that you still need to get a full health exam for your eye periodically but if your vision hasn't changed this is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts the way to get started with them we got a different code this time it's actually dunk 20 d-u-n-c 20 to get 20 dollars off your first order or you could go to simplecontacts.com slash dunk 20 d-u-n-c 20 that's simplecontacts.com slash dunk 20 or the code dunk 20 at checkout for 20 dollars off your first order use that dunk 20 d-u-n-c 20 code to let them know that you came from us so the next Let's start with Frank Nilakina, who, again, is just going to play this season at age 20. He was a very young rookie a year ago, 18, when he was drafted. They, he only played two games, uh, had 11 assists in those two games, continues to show pretty decent passing vision. He was 9 of 21 from the field, did not really get the three-pointer going. He was 1 of 5 from downtown. And then in the pick-and-roll, it's still a struggle for him to be a threat offensively. Out of pick-and-roll, 5 of 14, but also had 5 turnovers. And another thing that I think is a little bit under underrated as a drawback for him is that you know pushing the ball in transition is not really a strength of his due to the fact that he doesn't have the tightest handle or the greatest straight line athleticism so we didn't really see him do much in transition which is you know one of the biggest ways to score in summer leagues but you know i thought he showed a little bit more ability to change speeds he's using his body a little more in pick and roll remember he had to get much much stronger i even went to like a nice little post up in a semi-transition situation with a live dribble that i thought was good and he also played awesome defense on trey young in the game that the knicks uh played played against Atlanta. Uh, what did you think of uh, Neil Kenya here? I thought he was fine. His defense was certainly great. I mean, we I think we take that for granted a little bit. I mean, he has the potential. We t- talk about DeJounte Murray a lot, but like Frank has the potential to be amazing defensively, potentially guard multiple positions. I, I really like that part of it. But then offensively, I mean, I don't think he is, the end game for him is probably not a starting level primary ball handler. And so there are ways that you can counteract that. I mean, maybe you can have somebody at a different position that can run the show, or maybe that means he's more of a, of a backup just if you can't if you can't get somebody other than somebody point guard sized or he plays the two I think those are all all the options on the table so you know the physically there are certain parts that are intriguing but I didn't see enough there to really say oh you know he's figured it out and so he looked better, but not to that level. And he's still young enough that I'm not writing off the possibility, but I, I still don't expect it, just like I didn't expect it at the end of last regular season. Yeah, and like a lot of guys uh, who we'll see, we talked about Kobe Simmons with this yesterday, they get these guys who are really young guys who are raw, you know, they're making incremental improvements, you know, and it's important to remember that even in a second year, a guy like Neil Akina is not necessarily going to be a big contributor at the NBA level. So we are seeing improvement with him, but nothing that's going to change your opinion that 
much of his trajectory and i think he can still be a solid nba player uh but just the ability to be efficient you know i would have hoped the jump shot could come around a little bit more his release is still pretty slow uh especially considering how well he shot the ball uh, at the international level for france when he just basically won them a tournament by with this crazy long-range shooting we haven't seen as much of that here at the nba level so kevin knox i mean this is an interesting one i'll start with a question here he just turned 19 so he's a pretty could be a pretty young rookie this year even for a one-and-one guy you know certainly got a lot of hype for his performance and he had some big time highlights in the summer league the question i want to ask you though is how did his performance here differ from what your pre-draft expectations of him might have been I think the thing that was the biggest difference was the consistent effort he played with. I mean, I was worried a little bit about that. He's a different kind of kind of like guy that makes me squirrely from a basketball perspective, you know, because he's not this Gerald Green, you know, necessarily like I'm thinking of young Joe Green rather than current Joe Green of just like doesn't know what's going on the floor. Like he's a good kid and I think he has good intentions. It's just that he can't translate all of that into the court. But I thought he did a better job of using his athleticism, using his intensity in a positive way, more so than he did at Kentucky which was extremely welcome. But the thing that I want to couch that in is I don't know how much of that other than the just the general part that playing hard is better than not playing hard. I didn't see those like undeniable tools that when you really ratchet up not only the quality of his opponents, but also the quality of his teammates are super valuable. And I think some of that comes in with what Knox did with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I thought compared to expectations, I mean, he had a 33% usage rate and was working in pick and roll a lot more than expected i thought that just his work off the dribble looked good changing speeds i thought that his ability to create separation and get to the basket was really outstanding now his finishing at the basket was really bad we noted that he didn't really have a lot of craft finishing around the rim at kentucky and it's kind of his solution is to just drive in and kind of try to throw the ball up over the defense he had a lot of double pumps that just really weren't able to to work for him he was six out of 22 around the basket in the half court so at least he's getting to the rim you know I, I think that's important uh he did get to the foul line for 26 free throw attempts but it could stand to even do a better job of drawing contact at the rim trying to go through guys as he gets stronger i think that'll be solid you know he was only 0.7 points per possession off the pick and roll which you know would be very bottom of the league in the nba but that's actually 50th percentile in summer league you know there just there isn't the spacing there isn't the shooting the guys aren't as skilled in pick and roll there isn't the chemistry so just generally pick and rolls are less efficient in summer league so he's actually right around the median for summer league that was pretty good uh i mean some of the dunks that he had were really awesome i mean in transition his ball handling again you know looked pretty good he's able if he can get up for a dunk it, it looks really awesome and then we talked about this when we did our film work on him before the draft that his jump shot really looks much better than it did at the hoop summit a couple of years ago deep range looked very comfortable from nba3 he was 10 out of 28 on threes uh but then you know the two-pointer was not good 17 out of 49 uh and he also only had one block in four games you know while he did play a little bit harder it's going to take him a long time if he ever does you know and we really have seen there are guys like Andrew Wiggins for example who might have a lot of athleticism on offense but don't really translate to defense you know he could end up being one of those guys so I think you know his offensive potential to create shots we'll see whether those shots become efficient or not you know that part of this looked really good uh but you know worth noting even with all the hype 48 percent true shooting you know wasn't really efficient overall even though he had some big games but certainly i think you would feel better about him now than you might have uh, when he was drafted oh absolutely and even with 
with those double pumps and those misses, he still, you, you talked about he was 6-22 at the basket. He also got to the free throw line 26 times, made 81% right. of those. So that overall profile is a positive, and hopefully with craft and, you know, with his physical tools, I mean, he, does, he doesn't have to have a lot of craft to just finish to get fouls and everything else like that. But my concern with Knox, what I was getting at with the ball in his hands, is some, something that I've talked about before with Aaron Gordon, where he's good enough to have it as an advantage, but not necessarily good enough where it's the best option for his oh, team. I disagree with you on this interesting because his jump shot i think is better he's got a lot more shooting potential than gordon i mean gordon remember was a guy who was shooting under 50 percent from the free throw line but but what i'm saying is you're not going to run a knock centric offense like you're not going to i i you know i think that's actually within the realm of possibility eventually i I don't i don't see it because it's good no i mean it's uh, the odds are against any player being you know your number one option on offense but i i think just the ability that he showed to get all the way to the rim and create separation he was blowing by guys who were trying to close out on him even one on one when he got guys on switches he was getting past guys and getting all the way to the room and i didn't realize that he quite had that in his game so that's just the potential that i saw uh you know somewhat similar to like maybe the way i felt about jalen brown when he was drafted although i i saw more of that from him in college of just all right this is a guy who's like pretty athletic and he's six eight and he can dribble and, and create shots so again there's no guarantee he'll get there no guarantee he'll be efficient no guarantee he'll become a good passer become smarter but uh, that was uh, i think he does have that potential that's just the distinction that i was drawing i think with what you were saying okay i i fundamentally you know i i just think there's a ceiling on that in terms of the functionality of an nba offense but it's still good to have i mean especially if his shot is good enough that guys have to close out aggressively it is an absolute advantage it is something that's very good to have for any player and there are a lot of there are a lot of guys who would be better especially at his size who would be better for it so i'm happy with it it's just how how much utility is there but I mean, the Knicks have plenty of other interesting guys. I, I don't think we'll spend as much time on him, but Dotson was was intriguing. Just, I like the energy he plays with. This will be Dotson's age 24 season coming up. You know, six of 18 on threes, got to the free throw line 10 times. And it's, you know, I think of him more as like a potential rotation player rather than a potential starter, but you need potential rotation players too. Yeah, uh, Dotson at 6'6", 205. So a little skinnier. He's also going to be, uh, play the season at age 24 was drafted 44th overall last year spent most of the time in westchester i was impressed with him last year in summer league as well he just plays hard he'll heat up the ball defensively maybe not quite strong enough to switch i mean he's you know kind of an average athlete uh he is able to make a few plays off of closeouts uh, and make simple passes to the bigs um worth noting although he's a great energy guy he doesn't get a ton of steals um but really it comes down to is he going to make the three ball he's been around you know 33 34 percent so far in his career on not a ton of volume that's about the same level that he was shooting at here but it, didn't see anything new from him necessarily but it does just stand out his effort level let's turn now to mitchell robinson who's going to play this year at 20 i mean this was he put up some video game stats at times six offensive rebounds a game 25 percent offensive rebounding rate. i mean that's better than the majority of teams in the nba last year you know he was starting at center pretty much the whole way he had a 14 percent block rate which is also absolutely insane 35 pr even had five steals in 
five games. I mean, this was, if you saw him out there, you know, I thought he was more impressive than like DeAndre Ayton was. You know, I mean, obviously Ayton has this pe- pedigree and Robinson eh, actually up until college had the pedigree, but just sat out this year. But I, I just, it's really impressive to me how hard he played. And, and that's what I, usually these guys who are like, oh, they might be getting the wrong advice and like they have the wrong people in their lives and they didn't play college. So he's probably going to be out of shape. But like, no, he came in. I mean, he got a little winded early in his first game, but he came in and played with great effort the entire time. And with if you have his physical tools and you play with great effort, you got a player. He flew around the court at his at his best moments, and he's so long. So that combination of length and and speed was really impressive. I mean, you you tweeted it on Monday, I think afternoon about that the crazy clip of him contesting in kind of in transition at the rim, then just soaring out there. Oh no, it team. was more than that. So there was a drag screen in transition all the way on the left side of the floor. It was close enough to the sideline that the scheme called for him to actually like show. So he's all the way on the left wing showing then they throw the ball to the roll man he sprints back towards the roll man someone else rotates over from the opposite corner so the pass is made to the opposite corner as the pass is being made he's under the basket he just continues his sprint all the way to the opposite corner and then blocks the shot with his left hand a a three-pointer from the opposite corner so he covered basically you know 50 feet running all the way across the court to block this it was just probably my favorite play anyone made all summer league it was completely ridiculous. And some of the kind of catch radius stuff that Robinson did in summer league was really intriguing where it was like just, just making, making tougher plays and just getting offensive rebounds. A lot of times that was just like getting the balls. And so I'm absolutely like, he's going to be on, on the top of my list of guys to watch in, in preseason, just to see how much this translates against the next step up in competition. But I I'm fascinated by him. I mean, we had so little film. I mean, I went back and watched that Louisiana high school game with Robinson because I wanted to see something from him. And it was so thrilling to have that gap for a player and have him actually live up to the to the higher end possibilities that were that were there then. And so I'm super happy that we got to see that Mitchell Robinson and that, I mean, he, this is going to be his age 20 season. If he can play with this kind of effort, who knows what the ceiling is for him. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure that he's really ever going to be a guy to show much skill level away from the basket. But I mean, he can dunk from some pretty crazy angles, you know, just under the basket uh i thought his feet looked pretty good i mean he had one play where he closed out on john collins who was playing at center and had been shooting the three well collins drove hard to his right robinson stuck with him blocked the shot um the one criticism i would have for him uh didn't shoot it well from the foul and didn't and oddly didn't get fouled that much but then the other one was i thought on post defense he's a little jumpy he got taken advantage of pretty badly by tony bradley of the jazz in the post a, a few times going for pump fakes getting over overpowered a little bit but i you know probably the guy who proved the most of anyone uh, in the summer league and you know that after he had to sit out a year he was absolutely uh champing at the bit let's turn to the thunder hamadou diallo who uh was drafted 45th the thunder actually traded for him from charlotte a, a pick that i think initially had belonged to the nets and then went to charlotte in the dwight howard trade for diallo transition is the big appeal for him offensively he got 40 percent of his offense in transition only had two assists as a guy who's really more shooting guard size although he has you know enough athleticism kind of like a tony allen type where you know he's six five but maybe you can play more of a a small forward role just a ridiculous leaper off of two feet uh 
Uh, and I thought the jump shot looked better than it has for him in the past. He's someone we've seen a lot of going back to USA Basketball uh, U18 Tournament of the Americas Championship. He was on the same team as like Markel Fultz and Michael Porter there. Uh, shot four out of nine on threes. So it, he looked comfortable taking it more than he did at Kentucky. He also even shot a few long twos off the dribble. Finishing around the rim for his athleticism was a little bit disappointing. Not a big touch guy. Uh, but really, you know, what it's going to be for him is can he sprint the floor can he make threes and then you know defend his position like crazy and uh that's going to be the key for him going forward but he'll fit right in and okc we've made the joke before that like really athletic guys who can't shoot are uh a favorite of sam Presti's. but you know i think he's further along maybe you know shoot a little bit more at the jump shot than guys like Hustis and andrew robertson have shown i would agree with that i'm still worried about diallo's feel you know that's just never been a sure. stre- uh, never been a strength for him and players who don't have a jump shot have to do so many other things right and it would certainly help but we'll, we'll just have to see with y'all as you said age 20 season and you know he did have a 55 percent true shooting despite making 56 percent of his free throws and he you know he did make those a, a few threes but a lot of that was just doing damage and transition and a guy like that knowing what he is can really benefit not taking bad shots could really help diallo out because the thunder don't need more usage they just need guys to make the shots they take and i think that's an appropriate transition into terrence ferguson terrence ferguson is also going to be in his age 20 season and early on the thunder were putting the ball in his hands more and i'm kind of sitting there going well what's this about and i yeah. was not i mean even, you try to let yes. guys grow sure at, at og and anobi uh, had the same thing you know like you just want right. it you want to see what they can do there's not really any harm done but i was sitting there going okay this is confirming that to me that at least at this point in his career that's not what terrence ferguson does i think that this was not a let's call it a reflective sample because it hurts so much when the three isn't falling i mean he was four of 20 on threes and he should take more actually i would say than that in in the time that he played but he will make more than 20 percent overall and i i still like ferguson but i you know again he's probably going to be at the at the kind of more on the reasonable best case scenario is going to be a lower usage guy who has to figure everything else out but he has the physical talent to do so yeah he only had six assists which for your two guard is not great uh in five games um the 10 foul shots that he shot in five games actually matched his total from the entire regular season uh and from two he wasn't really much more efficient only eight out of 20 from two four twenty, as you mentioned from three the pick and roll numbers weren't great I thought, you know, three out of 10, he had four turnovers. He was able to make a couple of decent hook passes to the role man. So, you know, he, he has, has improved his handle, but he had so far to go on it that, you know, it's still not even close to NBA ready. His finishing at the rim is interesting because, you know, he is this amazing athlete. He'll just take off from like 13 feet away from the rim and just try to float in with the double pump and, you know, can be a little bit out of control that way. So his finishing wasn't as good as you would hope for a guy who's as good of an athlete as he is. You know, he doesn't have the greatest feel for finishing on non-dunks. So he's another one of these guys, you know, like Nilakina, although Nilakina in terms of refinement is a whole world past Ferguson, but who just, all right, incremental improvement you can see it that he's better but still very raw still a long way to go and you know his body has improved slightly but he's always going to have that kind of skinny body type um kevin hervey who is 22 he was drafted out of ut arlington late in the second round i think number 57th overall pick if memory serves uh he's six seven but has a seven four wingspan and an eight eleven standing reach so at 230 pounds he's really 
pure power forward size at this point uh willing three-point shooter uh was five of 19 from three but took a few difficult attempts they actually ran a couple of plays for him uh, to get three-pointers where they would throw it into the post and then set a screen for him to come to the strong side and shoot a three um so i mean i think offensively really the three ball is going to have to be his bread and butter he shot 34 percent on six threes a game his senior year in college it was kind of around that number but you know it looked to be comfortable out there at the very least uh I thought he's offering entirely as a support player on offense. Only five of his 42 possessions were self-created, which I would define as either pick and roll ball handler, a post up or isolation. You know, so he's basically getting set up in transition as a spot ups, finishing around the rim. I thought an interesting comp for him at least as a how he could be successful is semi ojale with you know a, a big body shoot shoot some threes uh ojale is even stronger than hervey is like he's pretty strong and has more lateral quickness than hervey but it's some somewhat of a similar mold of player and i would say that hervey's three-pointer looks better than ojale's at the same stage yeah i don't see the same kind of defensive potential just because ojale is a freak even among nba players in terms of his strength but i liked hervey a lot i the, the first thing i saw when i saw him was like oh he's intriguing and he was he's the i believe the second of their three second round picks diallo being the first hervey and then uh, devon hall who didn't play a whole heck of a lot who's played 15 minutes a game and i, I liked hervey i thought that you know the kind of guy where you set him aside maybe for a year or two and hope that he works out and can get into can get into a rotation player sh- uh, maybe maybe he does maybe he doesn't but worthy of you know giving that sort of an opportunity to and he not only does he did he look physically capable but he tried and i really like that combination especially for you you say oh any guy who's drafted in the second round should but he he really did bring it and so i was happy about that i will also mention briefly even though he's not a, a member of the thunder anymore that i thought dakari johnson looked bigger but he played okay you know like bigger meaning heavier not bigger meaning taller or anything like that and i don't i still don't know if he's an nba player but we'll see if he actually has a contract yeah well he has a contract he's guaranteed for this year we'll see we'll see if he makes 15 man roster i should phrase it that way yes Yes. Uh, Let's move to Orlando. Jonathan Isaac, who will play this year at 21, showed a a lot of good things. I mean, the biggest thing that stands out about him still is just his standing reach, his size. I mean, he is if he's in the vicinity at the rim, he's really a problem for people to try and score over as a help defender. I mean, even even opposing big men who would try to go up around the rim with him in the vicinity, you know, he just has that level of standing reach. I think it's a 9-1 standing reach that he has, but he has the mobility to get himself into position position he's aggressive challenging shots he'll get good verticality around the rim as well uh with the jump shot you know the three-pointer has never quite come around for him uh you know he still looks much more comfortable from mid-range than from three and then with the jump shot i thought where he was most intriguing was actually in pure post-ups and then getting to his turnaround without taking a dribble off the dribble the turnaround didn't look as good and like so many of these guys who are looking to expand their game that leads to just taking a lot of long twos and pick and roll off the dribble a lot of those pick and rolls he was getting switched you get the center on him but wasn't creating great separation he's getting the shot off he's got kind of a low release uh he'll release it higher out of the post than he will off the dribble and so he's running a lot of pick and roll but he took 23 jumpers in the half court and only four shots around the basket so that that gives you an indication that he's not really successful like blowing by guys he doesn't have that type of quickness with a live dribble he looks better trying to attack off of a closeout he's got a 
faster first step that way but i thought the most intriguing thing to him was what he showed the ability to do in the post when he was able to get you know semi-decent post position there were some moments i think it was early in summer league where when he and bomb were playing i think there was a little bit that was actually isaac and kem birch together where they just put a lid not only on the basket they put a lid on everything that was within like 10 feet and you're just sitting there going oh my god if they could actually do this against you know something close to nba caliber guys i mean it could be absolutely incredible and i have higher hopes for Isaac's offense than he has shown so far maybe there are times that you can attack on mismatches and things like that but defensively I mean he's just just fascinated and and tantalizing and you think about what a guy like that could do whether he's playing the four or the five I think he can make it work either place and something else that that I was interested in is that his rebounding numbers were substantially down this year but I think a lot of that is the difference between last year's Magic Summer League team and this year where they had a lot of other bigs playing with him and so your rebounding opportunities are just fewer when you're playing the power forward yeah and like a lot of these guys you know you saw these flashes from him you think wow this guy's really out here dominating and then you know 500 true shooting or whatever it was uh you know not amazing efficiency like he's not really out there dominating the way you would expect like a good score in the nba to dominate but you know there aren't a lot of guys who do that necessarily in certainly it's it's generally i think a lower offense environment let's talk about mo bamba here the same question that we had with kevin knox what was about what you were expecting and what was different offensively to me it was pretty similar to, to what I expected he's very very comfortable taking jump shots I wish he was less comfortable taking jump shots and so a lot of Bomba's game was there and then defensively I mean blocked a lot of shots more in the in the Jaron Jackson mold of opportunity blocks rather than you know just stifling it, you know it's kind of a different thing it's more like oh I'm, I'm longer than everybody else I can get to this ball rather than I'm in position you're trying to go through me and you're not getting there there, there were a little bit of both for sure and so I I thought Bamba, you know, like the mental game is really to me what separated him and Wendell Carter, who I thought Wendell Carter really stood out and and was better physically. Like I thought for Carter was going to have the mental advantage, but that the physical advantage was going to be more important at this stage. That's not true. That can change in two years. That could change in five years. Doesn't, you know, it's not anything committed. So I thought Bamba was was pretty similar to what I thought he would be. Maybe just he didn't pop quite as much, but generally, you know, in the general arc of it, I think it was pretty close. Yeah, much depends, of course, uh, on what you make of Bamba's defense. We, you know, obviously his, uh, everyone knows about the high, the crazy high standing reach, the record wingspan, that 7-9 wingspan. Uh, more of his blocks are kind of the coming out of nowhere type as opposed to anticipating getting there, preventing the shot from being taken. I thought he looked better as the summer league went along. I think it was Ryan Wynn who had an article about this on cleaning the glass. He was a little bit more complimentary of his pick and roll defense than I was. I mean, again, with this low spacing environment in summer league, you know, there really, there's not a lot of decision making to be made as a big and pick and roll defense. It's just, you kind of, and I thought he was effective as a drop coverage but then getting up close enough to the ball to deter the initial drive and then retreating back to his man but we didn't really see any other tricks from him uh and there wasn't really the spacing to put him into difficulty at all uh make him cover the ground you know most of the time he he was able to just kind of hang out around the basket uh but you know I, i thought his mobility looked pretty good again we didn't see too much of him switching he did that a little bit late in the clock and i thought it was okay 
Uh, offensively, you know, he only played three games. He did have a couple of pick and pops. I mean, he still has this thing where he just, you know, he'll shoot a three and he like jumps sideways and he lands six inches directly to the left of, of where he shot it, which is not something I've seen a lot of. Uh, his hands defensively is a little bit of a non sequitur, sorry, but I'm going through my notes here. His hands actually were pretty good. He got some nice strips. Uh, but offensively, if he's wide open, obviously he can dunk it. He can go get some alley-oops, not a ridiculous level, but you know, certainly can be a threat there uh if he catches the ball around the rim though and he has a body on him just doesn't have the ability to power up he'll bring the ball down he can get stripped himself not a lot of touch on non-dunks around the rim you know he's not one of these guys where, like you throw it to him around the basket like a clint capella and it's a bucket you know i mean he's a little bit more unreliable than that at this stage anything else on him or shall we move on I know who's next on the list, so I kind of don't want to move on, but I don't really have anything more to say. All right. Well, uh, Wes Windu, who will be 24 this year out of, out of Kansas State, it's really just in all the film I've watched of him, you know, he actually started a few games during the Tank Fest at the end of the year. I didn't watch much of the magic at the end of the year, I, I will admit. But I think Windu just doesn't really have any particular skills other than just being a decent ball handler for his size at 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, with good length. You know, he's not really more than an average athlete uh, as a shooter just the, the three ball just has not been there uh o of eight from three here i mean the eight attempts is probably even more concerning and only 11 out of 34 overall from the field uh, even on drives out of spot up situations it wasn't really able to be effective when he does try and drive he's not able to create separation his man is causing trouble for him he can pull up from the mid-range every once in a while but he's really kind of too slow to get by anybody and uh so it's just uh, i'm not sure really how he's going to be a good enough offensive player to stick to be honest yeah and at age 24 I mean th- th- he's kind of one of those players where I get a little bit frustrated that Orlando didn't use their middle level exception yet because it's like well you could use a roster spot in a way that gives you more value than than Wesa Wundu so I wonder if they're still going to do that but you know there's there's time on it we could move on to Isaiah Briscoe Briscoe signed so he played last year I believe in Estonia and he signed a partially guaranteed contract with a couple non-guaranteed years after it you know he, he looked fine to me didn't didn't really pop too much on either end of the floor so that would be okay except that the magic have the worst point guard situation in the entire league so i don't know if they're trying or not so whether that actually matters but i didn't see a ton either way from briscoe to me to say oh he's a guy or he's not a guy in the league yeah briscoe is a poor man's marcus smart you'll recall that he played the three at kentucky a couple years ago though he was uh, originally recruited as a point guard plays hard big body versatile defensively he doesn't have quite the overwhelming athleticism of a Marcus Smart but same body type same switchability in theory even worse shooter as well than Smart I mean he did actually hit a couple of threes when the defense went under he's he's 500,000 guaranteed for this year although he was lauded in Europe but I think KP was saying his statistical translations are not particularly exciting but it'll be in the mix. It'll be interesting to see if he can work on the jump shot. He is certainly an NBA quality defender. Another guy the Magic hope will be an NBA quality defender is Melvin Frazier out of Tulane. By the way, those of you Northerners who say Tulane, no, it's Tulane. Emphasis on the on the first syllable. I thought that Frazier showed some athleticism on straight line drives. You know, he gets extension for running hook shots going to the rim he's got a nice left hand uh, but it really was totally inefficient eight out of 28 overall and 0 for 8 on three so he's got that straight line drive first step but wasn't really effective at all offensively in the summer league it got a lot of length 
I didn't think he had the greatest technique getting over screens, but he does have good closing speed. Again, a good straight line speed to catch up once he gets picked off. He'll continue to compete, uh, you know, rear view contests from behind in pick and roll defense. So he has the tools. The three-pointer from NBA range doesn't appear to be ready yet. Only eight attempts is not great. Very low usage just in general. So you see what you're thinking athletically, but with him being 22 this year, you might hope that the offense is a little further along. Yeah, especially at 22. And also, we turn the ball over a lot. I mean, 22% turnover rate is is concerning. But again, it's just that that's the summer league stuff. It's not a, a big deal. I'm not freaking out about it. He does pass the eye test. You know, he looks the part physically, but he's going to have to figure a lot of this stuff out to, to become an NBA player. I hope that he does. He certainly has the potential to do so. And we can also mention two other guys that were a part of this for the Magic briefly. Uh, Troy Coupain was second on the Magic summer league team in scoring and converted that into a two-way contract and then uh brian angola rodas out of florida state yeah i'm not sure how to pronounce his first name because it's b-r-a-i-a-n so it might be like brian i'm still saying it brian, rodas. but whatever but but <laughs> so i i thought he was a little bit more intriguing even though he didn't put up the scoring numbers that coupain did yeah he just flashed a little bit to me with his athleticism and his straight line speed playing hard uh i think he'd be a good two-way candidate he's going to be on a camp deal with them maybe he'll just be in lakeland this year a little too skinny for the conventional three and d role but just a, a guy who popped out with his athleticism his work in transition made some pretty nice passes as well he had one really nice alley-oop to mo bamba and then Capena out of cincinnati uh kind of a combo guard was able to get the jump shot working some long twos some threes you know that was seems like his main skill uh let's move on to philly jonah bolden who was the apple of our eye last year played with Maccabi tel aviv uh as good as he looked last year really did not impress as much at this time no i think a lot of it was that the novelty wore off i mean because bolden is is fascinating because he does a lot of stuff that looks good but then he doesn't really have the kind of the the underpinnings on a possession by possession basis especially defensively to to cause that kind of an impact but he has the physical tools to eventually you know do that he just doesn't right now and so i think that there's there's certainly stuff to like there i mean we still averaged a block and 1.5 steals per game and remember this is not playing nba minutes or anything like that he was playing about a little over 20 a game but the shot wasn't falling either from three or from the line and i mean he had a 43 true shooting so with bolden you know i I think he's a worthwhile lottery ticket to say hey maybe this guy can eventually become a rotation player maybe if he really figures it out he can become a starter just with his physical tools but not saying he's our backup center or our backup power forward which is where the sixers are because they got amir johnson back and they have a bunch of different options at the forward spots so that's fine have him on your roster not really much of an opportunity cost and hope that it works out yeah and he's under contract uh, for four years i believe it's four out of 17 from three here i mean that's gonna have to be a big part of his game he was 31 percent last year with Maccabi, and you know he does have that intriguing athleticism he's really think of him as kind of a small ball jeremy grant type of backup center dwight powell type of backup center that's the mold that he's gonna have to fall into he still has some intriguing ball skills uh, as well uh, he will make the wow athletic plays. He can get out in, in transition. So it'll be interesting to see whether he can turn that into something. But he will be, you know, this will be his age 23 season. So he is going to have to show something this year. Uh, Zaire Smith, who unfortunately in our news items suffered a Jones fracture. You know, the usual timetable for that is 10 to 12 weeks or so, though we've certainly seen guys experience complications or contract bonuses for being rookie of the year that keep them out for longer. Uh, 
But it, Smith, you know, should hopefully be ready, you know, around the time of the start of the regular season. But as a pretty raw guy, uh, he, I thought, showed some strides. I mean, he's another guy who's just, it's going to be baby steps with the skill level for him uh, for a time. You know, one indication of that is, you know, he's playing the two and the Sixers love running all that DHO stuff and that really wasn't very effective at all uh he had two points on 11 possessions of handoffs i think the athletic philly wrote a little piece about how he's gonna have to develop in that area uh overall three-point shooting was three out of 15 so not too great there either although he looked at least comfortable taking a few he played six games the injury happened after summer league was over uh you'll remember that he played a lot of four at texas tech so he's making the transition to the perimeter uh what else did you see from him today well so i was reminded a lot when thinking about what zyra smith is going to be as an nba player of his now teammate robert covington where he's going to have to provide consistent defensive impact i mean it got lost a little bit in everything that happened in the playoffs but Covington was a wonderful defensive player during most of the season. And Zaire Smith's going to have to get a lot more consistent. He's going to, a lot of, there's a lot of the mental part of it that he's going to have to adjust to. But then it's also making shots and providing value wherever else is a cutter, making good passes, not having the ball stick. And I think Smith has the, he has the tools in the toolbox to become that type of a player, but that's always hard to do. And I think that's the best chance for him to succeed, but it's going to take some time. I, I was a little bit, you know, there were times where I thought he kind of understood what was going on to Defensively, but he just didn't really couldn't really put it all the way together so I thought that was was intriguing but yeah we're gonna have to see with the shot but what I will say is he didn't make many of his threes in in summer league but I thought the mechanics of his shot were better than I thought they would be granted I had it I had a very low bar this is you know this is not me expecting him to be JJ Redick or anything like that but I liked some of that kind of stuff so hopefully the Jones fracture doesn't really set him back and and get there but it's nice that the Sixers don't need much from him this year because I think it's going to take him some time yeah the the things that stuck out to me a little bit more his just general activity on offense more so than on defense at this point just a, an active cutter likes to get on the offensive glass can get up for some pretty nasty tip dunks he also had 16 to six assists i'm excuse me in six games and that's a pretty decent number for this player type especially in a low assist environment like summer league the downside of all the cutting and activity that he has is that sometimes he just would cut and then just wouldn't space back out to three i mean he'd kind of be hanging out 17 feet from the basket in no man's land messing up the spacing um in transition, you know, he would bring the ball up in transition, but he's not really pushing as hard as he can. He's dribbling defensively. He's worried about getting the ball stolen. But yeah, he's definitely made progress with his skill level from his time at, at Texas Tech. Furkan Korkmaz, you know, he dropped 40 in the first game against the Celtics and then really struggled after that. That game against the Celtics, I mean, he was hitting everything. He was drawing three-shot fouls. That's something that it, I think he's got this slight frame and he's pretty good at drawing contact and getting to the foul line. Uh, you know, I mean, he was coming off of screens to either direction off the dribble going right going left it looked great but then it, it didn't continue for him and, and even at the end of that game he kind of cooled off they ended up losing that game as i recall but he, he's not just a shooter i think he has solid scoring instincts he's got a floater game he's able to use pump fakes to get guys in the air and, you know i think he in theory his skill set could end up being somewhat similar to the departed marco bellinelli yeah 
could be. I mean, they're I Quirkmoss is even worse on defense than Bellinelli, which is somewhat impressive. But I, I just I I agree with you that his offensive game is more than shooting, and I think that's important to talk about with him. But it's so reliant on the on the jump shot anyway. I mean, so he was eight of fourteen from three in that game against the Celtics and two twelve of fifteen from the line. So after just that game, he was nine of thirty-two on threes, that's twenty-eight percent, and nine of and I think nine of thirteen from the line. So like it, a lot of it was in that game and that game still counts. I'm not saying you write it off or anything like that, but I think that one might end up being more of an outlier than Jaron Jackson's, even if, you know, because I think Jaron Jackson's a better player than Cork Maz. And so I wonder if he'll get a chance to be in the rotation. There is still a use for a player like him in Philly's system. So it'll I think really what that's going to come down to is whether the support players they brought in this year, like Wilson Chandler, can play better than the guys they had last year, which necessitated bringing in Bellinelli and bringing in Ersan Ilyasova. Yeah, so maybe they'll start off this year give him a shot and if it doesn't work out then they can go in another direction i mean at least with his defensive weakness i mean and he's so skinny too he can get over part at least he's got joel and bead behind him uh, against most teams that aren't spacing the floor at center phoenix suns let's start with dragon bender I and mean, worth noting that he's still only 20 right now he'll turn 21 in november but that's really about all the good you can say for him at this point uh yeah <laughs> i haven't been saying this as much in this podcast as i expected but because but mostly because i just forgot to in other circumstances but knowing what i know right now and obviously the suns know a lot more and they have access to it and they don't need to make this decision in august they can make it in october i would decline his fourth year option i mean he just doesn't look like an nba player right now there is a chance that maybe when he's you know a few years down the road if he works on his skill level becomes an nba guy but right now bender is not that player he didn't even get to the free throw line once in 111 minutes seven of 21 on threes below you know below 50 percent true shooting not really making an impact in any particular place other than turning the ball over a bunch and yeah he didn't look like an nba player even in summer league yeah and i think with these new higher salaries although bender remember he was the number four overall pick those didn't kick in until the new cba but just as a general trend i mean benders do 5.9 million next summer and you know that could be the difference between the suns having 12 million and 17 million in cap space that's a pretty big difference uh, and but especially now with high draft picks i mean deandre ayton for example the number one overall pick but his fourth year rookie option is going to be 12.6 million dollars uh josh jackson his third year rookie option is seven million dollars so these are we're actually getting to some pretty high numbers here with some of these guys uh i agree with you i mean we'll see how he looks in camp we'll see how he looks in kakashkov's system the hope was that kakashkov could maybe unlock some of his passing and ball handling but i mean that ball handling he's just he's just too slow to get by anybody he only had two assists and 11 turnovers and then so disappointingly to him and he was supposed to be really versatile defensively two steals and two blocks you know that's not really getting it done did at least get on the defensive glass 21 of his 35 field goal attempts or threes i mean really the closest thing he's shown to an nba skill right now has been just shooting three-pointers and and making him at about an average rate but uh you know he was seven out of 21 here uh let's move to uh someone who's looking like not much better of a number four overall pick uh josh jackson who uh is basically the same age as bender god you really don't want to have your dessert first i guess uh i thought josh looked rough again and 
I just, when I watch Josh Jackson, there are certainly times that he has defied this. But as an athlete, I've never really seen that sort of transcendent or even dominant. Well, you know, like on individual possessions, like he had one really nice block. But just on a possession by possession, like he doesn't swallow his guy up enough. Offensively, he's not undeniable. And then when, you, when you're at that level, if you're not, you know, a truly elite athlete, then it goes a lot more on your overall skill level. That's making jump shots, whether you can do things with the ball in your hands, can consistency on defense. And so I'm not writing him off permanently, but I think there is a much lower chance that he succeeds as an NBA player than Mikhail Bridges because Bridges has those kind of fallback options in spades where Jackson at this point to me does not. Jackson got a haircut, but it didn't really help him. Uh, unfortunately, I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, he's a solid athlete, but the, not a difference maker type of athlete. I mean, he did have a couple of spectacular blocks, but those were his only two blocks, you know, in the, the, the three games. I mean, not that he's supposed to be some great shot blocker. Uh, but I mean, here's just some numbers that will support my assertion that he has just some of the worst shot selection I've ever seen in an NBA player, uh, at least certainly one who shoots this poorly. Uh, so in those three games, he shot 24% from the field he was one of 11 on three pointers he was supposed to be like have this value added with his passing only had four assists uh two for 20 on jump shots in the half court these are just you know awful awful long twos off the dribble when he got to the rim he wasn't able to find people you know the spacing is not great but he wasn't able to find people you know he's playing with Aiton uh, a lot of the time three of 12 are on the basket again you know the athleticism is okay but he's not really getting all the way to the rim he's not really getting fouled i mean and and of those misses i they're either just getting stuffed right back in his face or just like not even close misses like just hitting only the backboard like way over the rim uh and he's just he's another guy who doesn't play smart on a team that really seems to be full of those guys at this point and you know i'm hopeful that kakashkov can help them uh you know he, he ran some really nice stuff uh cleaning the glass had, had a bit about that uh but just i i thought that even some of his set piece plays just to get guys open shots that uh, look pretty good that's something we'll talk about more during the season uh but uh anything else on him or should we move on to uh, number one overall pick deandre eight i feel like we should mention that josh Jackson had a 33% true shooting on 33% usage. That's pretty damn impressive. I do not think that's what it means what you think it means. Okay, uh, DeAndre Ayton will be 20 this season. I've noted before just the, the general impression of him is you can watch him and he doesn't really seem to be doing that much, but then you look down at the box score at the end and he's got a fair number of points and rebounds. Uh, the glass was really the biggest thing for him. 16% offensive rebound rate was outstanding. He got on the defense glass as well 22 out of 37 from the field uh, you know that's that's pretty efficient although he had a lot of turnovers turned it over on 22 percent of his possessions and had zero assists uh, which is not great when they tried to post him up if he a lot of teams are actually just going with the hard double there wasn't a lot of spacing but his much like at arizona he tried to be unselfish you know if the hard double came he would give it up quickly but he wasn't really able to make incisive passes i mean i think he wanted to get it out of his hands just quickly and then let someone swing the ball around and they just weren't really able to take advantage of those situations too much. And then he had a lot of turnovers out of double teams as well. They ran a lot of plays to try and get him a deep seal, but he had some trouble catching and just going straight up with it. You know, he would have to take a dribble. He'd bring the ball down. He'd get it stripped. Uh, he also had a couple of these weird brain fart plays. Like there was one time he got a rebound, I think off of a free throw, and then just was kind of being pressured a little bit. And so he's like, oh, I'll just, instead of turning and making a fundamental pass, I'll just throw it behind the back pass as an outlet. And that would just, that just got intercepted 
you know, he's, he would be prone to like one of those a game at Arizona. The jump shot, he only took four. So we didn't see it that much. I think he was two out of four on the jump shot. He likes that face up jumper uh, from the mid post. Uh, also worth noting that they struggled to get him the ball when he was fronted to get him an entry pass. Uh, and he had those 13 turnovers in four games, which was pretty ugly. Uh, what did you think of him defensively? I thought he wanted to defend and that he he had the intention but he didn't have the instincts or the kind of base to to get places on time and so that that got him in trouble sometimes but when he was in the right place at the right time I thought I think he looked interesting and you know the defensive rebounding I think will be there as well so I don't see him as like a, a plus plus defender probably in the long term unless he just really works on the mental side of the game consistently for the next five to ten years but I like that he at least played with intention yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he plays hard. I, I think he's a good kid. There's, but yeah, the rim protecting instincts, both in terms of getting there. I mean, he had a couple of plays where he had some verticality. I just don't think his timing is that great. I mean, he had four blocks in four games. I mean, you know, he's a guy who's the same physical tools that like Mitchell Robinson does, you know, and seven five wingspan, quick feet. We didn't see him as much doing the switching that was, was supposed to potentially be a strength for him. Uh, not that he failed at it. He just didn't do that much fit. So oh, I have one more you thing know, I, I want to say I, on him. Yeah. I, I, sure. I wrote this note in, I think it was the second Suns game I watched in Summer League, that I was reminded why I wouldn't take a center that was anything other than transcendent number one overall, because it is just too hard for them to make a consistent impact. I mean, if, if they're great defensively, you know, like Joel Embiid is, or a few of those other guys. Oh, on a great passing team like the Suns? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, uh, there were times where he's just sitting there, and e- even if they had good interior passers, you're like, okay, well then he's going to pass out the double team, and maybe he create something from that but it's just I, even with the pick and pop possibilities and everything like that it's just too hard i think to use a big man in that way in the immediate where i mean you know maybe if there was like the reincarnation of Shaq or something like that that's a different conversation that's not deandre Ayton. like he's he's not that caliber yeah. of guy i mean he he could be that physically i mean he, he could, he be, could I guess. be that strong but yeah i mean he doesn't have that type of feel but you know we'll see i mean it, it, he did put up numbers you know in in this yeah, summer league I, he did, uh, but I mean, like, if I if I'm sitting there and saying, okay, I want to roll the dice on somebody like Luka Doncic or m- maybe even Trey Young, I had Young lower than you did, but I'm just sitting there going, like, okay, other than like the 95 to 100 percentile outcomes for Aiden, like everything else could be very useful. Like, it's not a player that you're happy to have, but I don't think that's going to be the guy who like changes a franchise, and that isn't necessarily an indictment of of Aiden. It's more an indictment of what the center position is in the modern NBA. Yeah, and then just the fact that we don't think he's necessarily going to be a difference maker defensively you know i mean i I think that's uh, that's part of it as well but i mean i i I thought you know we talked about okay what changed in terms of our evaluation of some of these guys pretty much nothing for me with uh, with eight now this is about what i expected to see well i'll I'll say that him him establishing a defensive effort baseline that was higher than i expected is good though i it wasn't a big concern of mine but he was better in terms of that than i expected so i want to give him some credit there so we could talk about Shaq Harrison, who uh, I really liked. I, I Watching him play defense was one of the things I most enjoyed in this summer league. He's a pretty big-time athlete at 6'5". The knock on him has been his scoring, his shooting. Looked okay with spot-ups here, but you know did not take a, a ton of them. Uh, I thought, or I'd heard that he shot it pretty well at Tim Gerdrich's camp uh, after summer league was over. He had 33 assists in five games 
games, which is actually pretty decent, much as I've been making fun of the Suns for not having any capacity. He did a pretty good job there. Uh, did a good job of running Kokoshkov's offense, hitting guys running off the of screens, making the pass on time and on target. Uh, had a couple of nice alley-oops. Uh, I mean, he's not just like diming guys up, throwing guys open, but I thought it, it, he did pretty well. Uh, really, though, the defense is what shows out. You know, he was just swallowing guys up. Guys would try to drive on him. He would block their shot as they would try to go in for a layup. Uh, you know, he just made plays where he would sprint the floor defensively, knock the ball away from behind, poke the ball away on dribblers at half court who couldn't even get the ball up against him. And it was really, really impressive defensive stuff. I mean, he was looking like he could be one of the better perimeter defending guards uh, in the NBA in this stint. Yeah, I like Harrison too. I and he's an NBA player to me, and that that's good because the Suns need those at the guard spots, even though they should be getting a lot. You know, maybe, maybe it's more as the, from a ball handling perspective than anything else. And so I'm intrigued at what he can be in Kokoshkov's system. And I don't know exactly what his role is going to be on the Suns, but I'm happy it looks like he is going to have one. We can move on to Devon Reed. Devon Reed really is age 23 season coming up after a lost rookie year due to injury, and I thought he looked okay. It's a concern just like for so many of these guys who are to me more of two guards than anything else that you and that aren't you know amazing with the ball in their hands that they have to do a lot of other things well and I didn't love him defensively he wasn't terrible and you know he 10 of 24 and threes in 125 minutes got to the line a little bit and made those but so to be he's like you know okay have him on your roster if the team and see if it works out but I didn't he didn't like shock me or anything like that I wouldn't say that that he shocked me, but I thought he did what you hope to see from him. I think, you know, given that he's not really a big time athlete, not a ton of length, not a ton of defensive intensity, you know, his defense has seemed kind of mediocre to me. You know, he's got to become a big time shooter to succeed, but the 10 to 24 on threes, uh, also 15 assists in five games was pretty decent for a gunner type like him. I mean, I, he showed ability to rise up from mid range as well. He hit a step back three against a big on a switch. He even got to the basket a few times out of pick and roll and showed some ability to switch i mean i think he's about an average athlete for an nba shooting guard you know i mean there are a few times when he was open at the rim wasn't able to dunk it uh but i think for reed especially since he missed so much of last year with that meniscus repair that it was good to see him come out and i thought he played well you know i, I think he did as much as he realistically could have and if he's gonna be become a solid shooter you know he's, he's got a chance to stick in the nba i think it was, he was the number 32 overall pick in the 2017 draft yeah overall i thought he did well and it was good after such a such a tough season to get in that and go from the 32 pick last year to the 31 pick this year elia kobo from france was a darling of some of the draft models and he had one awesome just nasty step back three that i, I wrote in my notes i i think you had it too and that was the only three he made in all of summer league <laughs> I mean, darn, it was, it was close to the only shot that he Pretty made close. in all of Summer League. I mean, he played four games, wasn't playing that many minutes. Shaq Harrison was starting, and deservedly so. Uh, but he was only four out of 17. Did have 14 assists, although, again, a lot of those were kind of system plays. They had three-point shooters who were hitting shots pretty well for them, including Reed. Uh, I thought in his first game, Okobo was uh, not shy. I mean, you remember he had that 44-point game in France shortly before the draft in the French playoffs, actually. 
early, but we didn't see much of that from him and, and you know, little indication that he is NBA ready at this point. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting competition for the Suns uh, at the point. I mean, they've got, I guess, uh, Brandon Knight is going to be the starter, you know, coming off the ACL. I mean, he played so poorly before tearing the ACL two years ago. Uh, and then, you know, basically they've got uh, Isaiah Cannon they brought back after he suffered like that really uh, difficult leg injury the broken leg uh, shortly after his time with the suns commence they've got a cobo and they've got shaq harrison i mean i think you know shaq harrison might be the best player of all these guys although you know maybe knight will be the guy just because they need someone who can make a shot there uh or they'll try and play devin booker at point which i i would support given the number of wing options that they have now and don't forget to even have troy daniels who played a bunch of minutes for this team last year also and then they've got jackson tj warren mikhail bridges oriza and then uh marquis chris who did not play in the summer league mercifully uh Mikel Bridges I thought his jump shot looked awesome he was very efficient I uh, was able to hit some shots coming off of screens uh they ran a nice even elevator doors set for him which is another one of these nice disguises by Kakashkov where he would post up on the block and then sprint away to the opposite wing come off the elevator doors but it really was the post up kind of disguised it all uh when Bridges tried to do more, you know, it didn't look great. You know, he had some turnovers. He ISOed against like this big stiff white dude who I couldn't identify that, you know, that didn't go anywhere. He ended up just getting stopped. Uh, you know, his handle is pretty loose, uh, but it was seven of 16 from three. He also had eight steals and four blocks in his five games. So uh, I thought the fact that the jump shot looked as good as it did, that he looked as versatile coming off of screens as he did. And then defensively, you know, still may not quite be strong enough, but you know, his length is just obvious out there i mean even when he would get out in passing lanes for seals i mean you're like wow those are some really long arms to, to get the deflection uh so he, he looked like exactly what he was supposed to be and again you know i think he's going to be especially with the other players they have on this team so much better of a fit uh than josh jackson and maybe even tj warren uh, that you know you could see him taking their minutes i cracked up because in the first game i saw of the suns i think it was their first game in vegas they had this starting five that just couldn't really figure much out josh jackson was was continuing his masonry and then they bring in mikhail bridges and all of a sudden like he's hitting shots the offense is looking good it's like okay like i feel like we're gonna see that a fair amount for the suns early in this upcoming season and bridges you know th there are concerns about everything else kind of you know like his defense wasn't exactly where i would like it to be long term he didn't do a ton with the ball in his hands but as a kind of a lesser usage guy who can hit shots with a versatile jump shot and try on defense that's great and the Suns need those guys in the worst way like they need somebody like Mikhail Bridges in in their regular rotation ideally in their starting lineup quickly you could talk about George King who is the 59th pick in the draft already 24 didn't really look like an NBA guy to me out of Colorado he's got good size can handle the ball but just very little quickness uh, seems reliant on just kind of dribbling around to get to the free throw line and trying to just create space for a mid-ranger hit a couple of corner threes didn't really see much from him to get excited about let's move on to your summer league champions the Portland Trailblazers starting with Wade Baldwin who will be 22 this season in this uh his third year in the NBA yeah I mean it's certainly been an unusual road for Baldwin who had his third year option decline and 
and got cut and has already, you know, made a, a gotten a guaranteed spot on the Blazers. I believe his contract guaranteed already. Uh, and I, yes, I wonder exactly what Baldwin's ideal role is on an NBA team, like in the regular season and the playoffs, but what he does well translates so beautifully in summer league, especially like the defense he played on Trey Young. It was a rough early go of it in Vegas for Trey Young, just with defenders. I mean, Javon Carter early had Frank early and had Wade Baldwin and all three of those guys are just nasty. And I thought Baldwin, you know, he, he's, I don't love him as a, you know, the, an every down creator, but he certainly has tools to be, to be good at that. I think he has room to grow as well, made a fair portion of his threes, got to the line, a respectable amount of which it was a little bit higher. So there, there's certainly stuff to like. I don't think he's going to, my instinct is that he's not going to be better than Shabazz Napier was last year, but I still really like him and thought he did a good job in summer league. Yeah. And they've got Seth Curry as well to, to throw into that mix. Now when Baldwin was drafted, he got some poor man, Russell Westbrook comparisons. And I didn't feel like he was anywhere close to that type of athlete. And he's not Russell Westbrook might be the greatest point guard athlete ever in NBA history. But I started to see for the first time, just a little bit of that. He was creating separation. He was getting to the rim, finishing well at the rim. You mentioned the way he defended. He also had 52 assists in seven games. He was able to get to the rim, uh, showed some pretty good passing vision. He had a beautiful alley-oop to Jake Lehman uh, on the break uh, where Lehman just barely broke open. Uh, He was finding uh, their bigs uh, out of pick and pop. Uh, there was one play that was really notable where he got trapped on a side pick and roll on the sideline and bullet passed to Zach Collins all the way wide open under the rim. Uh, actually, it wasn't even wide open, I would say, but open under the rim. Um, he took two threes a game, but he made half of them and and they played seven games but uh oddly shot only 12 out of 27 from the line which is not something that had been a huge problem for him in the past he'd been a, a low 70s free throw shooter the last couple of years i think his handle looked better that's part of why he was able to look more athletic because the ball wasn't slowing him down and uh you know uh, portland has had success letting guys go letting guys who hadn't shown a ton move into bigger roles i think we're going to see the same thing with with jake layman who we'll talk about in a little bit and so you know alan crab napier like they've been able to develop some guys mo harkless and so i i do at least give them somewhat of the benefit of the doubt of yeah you know they let napier go but maybe they believe that baldwin can step in and do as good of a job although he is a different type of player than napier you might even uh, with his size allow more in terms of having three guard lineups but i mean what baldwin came in and did everything you could have hoped for him oh absolutely to do. he was efficient and, and i mean you know he he looked great and uh certainly made memphis look pretty dumb uh for giving up on him so they could keep mario chalmers and uh you know win 22 games last year lots of different options here with portland where do you want to go next well, let's go with the aforementioned layman who had a guarantee date of June 30th. We were critical of him and, and the Mark Barlstein wizardry getting uh, him to guarantee because he had shown so little. Uh, Neil Olshay was actually, or it might have actually been Terry Stotts uh, on the broadcast talking about layman saying, hey, you know, there's guys in their third year, your Alan Krabs, your, your Napiers are able to, oh, Napier is actually in his fourth year. But uh, again, talking about the development, the key for layman was he was hitting the three ball all week, uh, even was playing out a pick and roll a little bit hitting the jump shot going to his right uh making threes off of screens as well the that flare screen game that portland likes to run uh He's an excellent transition player, runs the floor hard. He's able to get up for some dunks. So he made you understand why Portland was thinking they should guarantee him this year. He was extremely efficient. I'm not willing to say he's like some great shooter now because he just has not been able to make the ball go in until now. But, you know, again, a guy who 
third year guys in summer league you know you're supposed to play really well when you don't drag a better you're run into some problems but he played better than i ever thought he would have been capable of playing even in this setting so uh nice work by him a big part of that was shooting 59 percent on twos so not only were his threes going in but his twos that's why he had a 69 true shooting on about 20 percent usage which is pretty impressive didn't get to the line a ton that's not necessarily a part of jake layman's game he does sometimes dunk on people but it's not usually getting fouled and you know like they need forwards so it'll be interesting to see if he can actually get some minutes for them with this reconfigured second unit and then kind of everything in between due to injuries and everything else that happens over the course of an NBA season. And we can go from there to a guy who is definitely going to be part of the Portland rotation, second year player. This will be his age 21 season, Zachary Collins. Yeah, Collins, you know, there's things that show out for him defensively is his quick rotations, his ability to block shots as a help defender. You know, I'm still not sold on him as a switch guy. You remember he got lit up at the end of, I can't remember if it was game one or game two against New Orleans in the playoffs there. Probably was game one, I think. Uh, they posted him up a lot, really was not very successful. Five out of 16 in the post. Loves to go to like up and unders and step throughs. And, you know, he can shoot a turnaround jumper and it's okay, but it's just like, I mean, the, the number of players that you throw the ball in the post to as a center, it just, it's hard to believe that he's going to get to that elite level. And I wasn't like so blown away by what he did. So he's five out of 16 on post-ups, also only two out of 11 on jumpers. Worth noting that he did kind of struggle with an ankle injury uh, that seemed to be bothering him in the game against the Hawks. So he played six of their seven games, but uh, may have been limited uh, to some degree, but you know, it wasn't like oh man this guy is just gonna go out and dominate you know his finishing around the rim it wasn't like he was just like draining shots from all over the place you know, it didn't see a ton to make you feel amazing about where he is offensively so you know it wasn't the summer league cannot be characterized as a step forward for him i think we'll put it that a way. couple other things i wanted to talk about i will agree with your general sentiment as well he only got to the line eight times in 142 minutes that's not great for a center even though that's not really his game and something that bothered me with collins and this happens a lot with with young bigs, especially bigs who aren't as stout, is that he's too jumpy when he's setting screens. Just trust his size and plant and he can do a good job. And that would actually create more space for him as a shooter. Because if you get the guys a little bit of separation, they're scrambling back, you can get that opportunity. And he got called for a moving screen one time where he could have just been there. and But instead, he, he was moving a little bit too much. And the last thing I want to mention was that Collins at moments, and this is Summer League, so hey, if you want to try stuff, try stuff. I'm not, I'm not opposing it for that reason. He was trying to create one-on-one from the perimeter. I'm just kind of sitting there going, when would an NBA team want that? You know, like it's, it's not necessarily like he's bad at it for a center or something like that, yeah. but you're just sitting there going, this isn't value added, like maybe as a college player or in the G League or something like that. But the NBA has too many players that are good at creating to have a center just kind of try to do that. So again, it's summer league. I'm not worried about him doing it, but it's just, it's, it's not something that he needs to do. Yeah. I mean, 46% true shooting, you know, I mean, this is a guy who's supposed to have all these physical advantages as a big and should just be dominating around the room he did get on the offensive glass for nine percent offensive rebounds and he had 16 blocks in six games i mean that's that's solid you know the defense was there uh you know which is probably the most important aspect for him but he's going to need to find a way to contribute a, a little more he was two of four on three pointers but a lot of long twos that just you know again i mean he's for a guy like him to go 18 out of 45 on two pointers i mean that that is not good at all and speaking of shooting poorly on two pointers caleb swanigan was 15 out of 41 on two pointers and he was even worse than collins on the in the post two out of 16 he was able to get on the offensive glass uh 
and that allowed him to finish efficiently inside not as much on dump offs but uh on the offensive rebounds that's where he got actually most of his points uh four of nine from three was somewhat encouraging he was shooting some pick and pops but another guy who's just you know he didn't do anything to dispel the notion of just being one of our examples where just the concept of him doesn't make sense for the modern NBA so why draft him? and in certain ways the model for him could be somebody like Ed Davis but I think Ed Davis has is way more physical gifts especially on the defensive end than Swanigan and they're both good rebounders I mean Swanigan had a 22 percent rebound percentage 33 defensive 10 offensive and that helped create some of his more reliable offense but you know I think he had a couple of blocks overall in all of summer league just wasn't really making that kind of an impact he's not a switch guy at all so I don't really see much of a place for him moving forward that is a different thing than Amphrey Simons who I really liked I thought that Simons you know from the IMG Academy, this will be his age 29 season. He is very skinny, but he was able to create some space for his jump shot, which I liked. You know, so he could get, it was kind of a weird thing where it's like he could, he could get moved, but at certain points it, it could make it work. And he competed defensively. You know, he's springing, you know, not like going through guys, but he can, you know, if there's, if there's vertical space, he can get up into it. So I thought he did well. He was nine out of 26 on threes and looked extremely comfortable from the NBA line, even behind the NBA line. I, I liked his form just a very smooth jump shot uh he was able to be effective shooting off the dribble and pick and roll you know again it's a small sample there so you don't want to go crazy about that wasn't really getting to the rim off pick and roll but another thing i, I mean he i thought he played hard he tried to compete on d you mentioned that you know he's real skinny at this point in time and he's not quite you know just like a real nuclear athlete getting to the rim there was some talk that he might be that way uh i didn't see that you know he's more solid athlete uh as he gets stronger i think maybe that'll really help him a lot uh uh, you know, I didn't think off the dribble, you know, he really showed a ton of straight line speed or first up, but I mean, his jump shot just looked good, man. I mean, I was really impressed uh, by that. And, and he played hard again, I mean, both he and Robinson, the two guys who took unconventional paths, like both played pretty hard. You know, you'd think that that's the biggest thing that you kind of learn in a college system, but uh, these guys were able to do that. And, and then to not turn the ball over was impressive. He, you know, zero passing vision, three assists really, you know, for the number of shots that he took is not amazing, but for where he is you know he's going to play this season at, at age 19 you know uh, that jumper looking good he's got good makes great arc uh able to shoot on the move so uh, that's encouraging he's gonna have to come up with something else besides the jump shot but i think that could be a real asset for him and and to be shooting that well at this age with that unconventional path uh, is impressive yeah and it's the second half of the first round so this, the stakes aren't quite there though portland obviously could benefit from contributions as soon as they can come and somebody else they drafted to go after that same kind of nut in terms of a two guard theoretically coming off the bench more maybe theoretically the Allen Crabb replacement eventually was Gary Trent Jr. They gave up a couple seconds to get him. This will be Gary Trent's age 20 season. He looks capable offensively. I, I'm not really sure how would defensively he looks to me more like a straight two and you know there are worse fates in this world but it's a lot less valuable. Yeah I mean he he's he's slow but he's got some strength yeah. so I, I think that's you know so he, he might have some of switchability. Maybe. You know although are you going to say hey go go guard Kevin Durant probably not but you know I, I think he's gonna develop enough strength time I and mean, you know his father is mm-hmm. one of the stronger players we've True. seen actually so it's not a surprise yeah, and- with those bloodlines so you know I think he's got that going for him you know obviously he's not the same yeah. game as his father he might be a regular season switch guy maybe that'll be how it works where he can do it against those kind of more basic systems and, and not everything like that but when you get into better teams and and more detailed schemes and planning that it gets to be an issue
issue. Yeah, you know, made about 30% of his threes, all of his free throws in 160 minutes, but he got the line 15 times. And you know, I thought that I thought that he looked fine out there, didn't really, you know, pop to me, but I'm okay with that for a rookie coming in after a one, after one year at Duke. So I, I was I was happy with what he did. I liked Simons a lot more, but I still that doesn't mean I dislike Trent particularly. Yeah, and, and they're different players. You know, Trent's not really going to have the ball in his hands at the top of the key. You know, he's he might come off a side pick and rolls. He might come off of screens. He's more comfortable rising up in the mid range than shooting the three right now. But he looked comfortable from three. You know, I think he's got a lot of shooting potential. So he he might be someone where a couple of years from now you could see him maybe just bombing. You know. Uh, he did attack off the dribble and pick and roll, but doesn't have the explosiveness to get to the rim there. You know, he's basically shoot, looking to get a jump shot off the dribble and that shot's there all you want in, in summer league and it's not very efficient and he took them. That's just what happens in summer league. All right, we'll talk Sacramento here uh, in a moment. Uh, but first I, I want to take a little bit of time to tell you about Team Rubicon, which is uh, a charity that Danny and I are both involved with and Danny uh, in particular has has been involved with them donating them since 2012 yeah i got connected with them as an organization that was doing something really different and i thought they had a great idea and it's been so thrilling to see it executed in in full fruition i mean in 2012 it had they'd already had some done some great work on the ground but it's been great to see it go in for those of you who watched the SBs, they did a really nice video on team rubicon and really what the idea is is to connect military veterans with first responders and medical professionals in the circumstance of disasters. And disasters are an amazing area for this kind of good service because there is a lot of work that is needed. It is strikes along all sorts of lines, you know, racial lines, class, it affects everybody. And so Team Rubicon gives these people, military veterans who have great skill sets, it gives them a way to really help people to make a difference in either their community or another community, depending on what circumstances dictate. And so I've been thrilled to be involved with them that long and thrilled to have them, you know, as something we talk about on dunk yeah if you're interested in volunteering with them uh, or if you want to make a donation even a a small one you know 10 bucks 25 bucks like that really helps and if you believe in what we're doing here and you want to support the show uh, rather than just sticking to the sponsors you know this would be a a great way to do it if if you're looking to make a charitable contribution and 80 percent of your money actually goes directly to operations on the ground which i'm told is a, a fabulous number for a charity TeamRubiconUSA.org slash Capspace is uh, the URL, or you can text the word Capspace, all one word, to 87872. That's TeamRubiconUSA.org slash Capspace, or text Capspace to 87872. Harry Giles, we were very excited to see him. The reports had been absolutely glowing out of Sacramento about how good he had looked. People were talking about, oh, he could be the rookie of the year. I gotta say, I didn't really see it, to be honest. What did you think? I mean, the challenge for me with Giles is the guy that we saw in the court didn't really do the things that are important for a big man to do well. Like, he... What you know, he hit some shots. He, you know, he grabbed some rebounds. He had about a, a 19% defensive rebound percentage, but he wasn't really impacting the game in terms of blocks. He was, he, he was out there and it was great to see him out there. But like, if you're going, okay, you're going to put him in the rotation on a team that actually is trying to do something, you go, okay, well, you're going to be asking a whole lot of the guy next to him, whoever that is. And so, you know, it was a nice story. I'm still happy to see him on the floor, but he didn't blow me away. You know, I was never even that big of a believer of him at the high school level before the injury. You know, I'd seen him going back to, uh, I think it was the U-19s when they went into overtime against Croatia. And I think the the biggest thing that 
You know, and I don't, I don't want to say that, you know, he hasn't made strides because I actually was very impressed with where his jump shot is compared to where it was when we last saw him. So I think he, he's made good use of the time here, but I never thought he was like this incredible nuclear athlete, even at the high school level. And I think he's lost a little bit of, of the bounce that he did have, you know, finishing around the room. I mean, he's not going to go up and dunk on people. He's not going to go up and get alley-oops uh, that are too spectacular. You know, I mean, if he gets past the ball on the move, heading towards the rim, a lot of times it's, it's a layup. It's not a dunk uh you know i thought he flashed an impressive skill level posting up at times you know right hand hook left hand hook turn around jumper pick and pop three he was able to take no hesitation corner three so that part of his game looked good i mean the part i was most impressed by was the jump shot but he wasn't really able to create easy shots defensively you know didn't really flash very much you know again he's he's got solid size but not unbelievable size in terms of his wingspan standing reach i mean he's got to play center you know he was talked about as a power forward prospect but the game's kind of changed even since then and you know, i think he's gotten a little bigger and slower since then as well and you know i i mean he had four blocks in seven games and did have 11 steals which was interesting and showed a little bit of passing acumen got on the offensive glass a little but he just you know he's if you're gonna be a star at the center position he's kind of an average athlete and he's got average tools you know and unless you're gonna be an unbelievable shooter which i don't think he's on his way to being maybe he'll get there eventually i'm not really sure what he does you know he's got like okay feel or around the rim and some moves and it's got some spin moves and stuff but like are you gonna throw this guy the ball in the post like probably not in today's nba again you know he doesn't have the dominating physical tools so you know maybe he just becomes such a good shooter that that's how he really finds his niche uh you know i think he can move his feet okay but he's not really like a switch guy i think he's just gonna be all right defensively so he's gonna just have to like be really smart he likes to face up off the dribble and put the ball on the floor but he's just not getting by anybody doing that you know he's just, you know mo wagner is like cutting him off i mean and not that wagner is like you know he, he's a little quicker than expected as we talked about but you know you should be able to blow by him if you're going to be the type of guy who's going to be killing guys out of the mid post yeah and giles this will be his age 20 season so even though he had the lost year he's still young enough to to really add more to his game but he's going to need to and so i i want i want to see where it goes and what opportunities are afforded to him in sacramento but to say that oh he's done so much more than some of the other guys that are in their big man rotation i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that though you you could argue that he's younger and that maybe he can do it but i mean like i've seen plenty of signs from scout yeah. I, I i mean i think i think yeah i mean i think willie Cauley stein brings more sure. you know you know than him at, at this point now I, I mean i hate to be such a buzzkill because it was good to see him out there it was good to see him having advanced his skill level uh you know and he stayed healthy and he played seven games so so that's encouraging but you know it, a little pushback was required because you know everyone oh he's gonna be rookie of the year he's looked so unbelievable in practice and like oh harry giles it's really killing out there like eh, you know i'm not, well, I'm not gonna go there right maybe now. he was killing compared to their other guys <laughs> because that's right yeah the comment i made a, a couple of years ago talking about like oh the uh, i think it was actually at the beginning of this year the bulls like oh man these got campaign looks great in practice like uh yeah always well, going against the other bulls players right like well so. and so that that ties in with marvin bagley so bagley was the second overall pick this will be his age 19 season and there are certainly positives in there with him. Something that I'm sure people are going to talk about is that he blocked, he blocked a lot of shots. He put 1.8 per game in 28 minutes per game. And 
a lot of those to me, you know, it's still good that he did it, not knocking it at all, were just him not having to move, being in the right place, using his long arms and getting blocked. And so you go, okay, if he can do that, that's certainly a positive. Unfortunately, power forwards do not usually find themselves underneath the basket in half-court situations. So I wonder how often that's going to translate. It was still good that he did it. It's better than not doing it at all. But that's a concern. And then he is 19. He's going to have to figure it out. But I was there and we, we went to different games of Sacramento Summer League. And I was at the game when Jordan Bell just completely ate Bagley's lunch by making him a one-handed player and Bagley just... just... No, I, I think you mean making him a zero-handed Well, he player. made him a one-handed player that he, doesn't exist. Because he took away his yes. left. And so yeah. <laughs> it was it was completely insane. So, I mean, Bagley had been really good in the first game. I think that you could tell me who that was. Or he had been much better, at least, in the, in the first game. Yeah, against the Lakers. Yeah. And, he, and he had... I mean, I will say this for Sacramento. That atmosphere was Oh, awesome it was so there. much fun. It was even fun. better than... Than Utah and you know De'Aaron Fox played that first game he was pretty good they had Bagley in there and about three minutes into the game Bagley comes down the lane and just obliterated Mo Wagner with the lefty dunk just all over him and like the place went crazy it was really just like you know about as loud as you'll ever hear an NBA arena uh you know under any circumstances this is a summer league game that doesn't count so I mean it, Kings fans definitely still bring it and they they deserve credit uh, you know we give you guys some shit sometimes for sticking up for your team but we do appreciate that passion and and that that passion still exists for a team that's been mired in the muck for so long. And so with with Bagley, something that struck me was that he wasn't getting offensive rebounds. And it's not like he was taking a ton of threes. I mean, he took 10 threes in 112 minutes combined in the two summer leagues and 3% offensive rebound. And so, I mean, there certainly are, are physical skills there. I mean, you talked about that dunk on Wagner, which was ridiculous. And he's a great jumper and uh, he was a wonderful rebounder Duke so I'm not worried about it it was just something that that I noticed and I don't exactly know where the pieces are going to fit together with Bagley but again like you and I were lower on him than I think a lot of other people were in the draft process and I think it's a small sample and it's a sample that you don't want to focus too much especially when there's confirmation bias in play but you know I I felt pretty good about having him lower than a lot of these other guys the one thing that uh, I'll say about him that I thought was good I thought his defense was a little better than advertised he was getting down in a stance he was trying he doesn't have the quickest feet in the world you know he kind of has these long loping strides when he tries to slide his feet as opposed to really quick strides but he was working to get out of the perimeter you mentioned the block shots he had a few plays where he had good verticality sometimes where he failed to rotate as well but i you know he didn't he didn't look like oh man this guy's gonna suck defensively out there you know he looked like a rookie but he didn't look just like so awful which you know you worried that he might be uh you know his passing was not there 42 field goal attempts two assists is not good we talked about really one of the ways that he could be successful and be the big offensive star that he's going to need to be to justify that pick uh facing up with the jump shot that jump shot wasn't there especially in the one game he played in vegas before he succumbed to a, a mild hip injury he just was trying to face up shoot the jumper it wasn't going in uh and that's just such a key part of his game because if he's going to face up and put the ball on the floor his post-ups looked bad he went left every single time as you mentioned he has not worked on his right hand at all if he went right he brought the ball right back into the defense he was just getting it thrown back in his face you mentioned the jordan bell game and so what he's got to be able to do is hit that jump shot you know the three-pointer he looked comfortable taking it but didn't really go in for him and then use that above average first step to blow by guys 
guys once they have to respect his jump shot so the jump shot is not there yet didn't look too good uh again you know i mean he's someone i had i think eighth on on my board you know i if i'd really thought about it i might even had him below you know someone like uh some of the wings that that went uh late in the top 10 early in the and point guards in that area so i feel the same way about him still i I think he tried hard but you know the offensive game is very raw at this point and uh so not feeling it it was some slightly encouraging things but i thought his offense was actually a little bit worse than i thought it would be so that all kind of evens out deer and fox only played one game but had 23 points 9 to 15 from the field uh and the two pointers were really dropping for him uh he was nine or i'm sorry eight out of nine on two pointers he was one out of six on threes but that six three pointers was in one game was only two fewer than he took all of summer league last year uh so he was looking to take the three and just his speed showed out i mean the moves in the lane the way he pushes the ball uh, so uh, only one game but i thought he looked exactly how he was supposed to look uh, there uh unless you have anything to add on him why don't we turn to uh frank mason yeah let's turn to mason this will be his age 24 season because he spent a while at Kansas. He looked fine to me. Not great. I mean, I think this is, depending on what Sacramento wants to do, remember they don't have their own pick this year. I Watching Frank Mason reminded me of how happy I am that they ended up with Yogi Ferrell because I think Yogi Ferrell is meaningfully better than Frank Mason right now. And Mason did, you know, he averaged seven assists per game. He was, was 20 to 25 from the free throw line, but he only made four three-pointers, four 13. And, you know, he just he, he does what he does, but I don't really, you know, like I, I feel like it would be too easy to pigeonhole him and be like oh he's a backup point guard i don't think he's good enough to be a solid backup point guard you know he could get there eventually but he's not there yet yeah he just he looks steady out there he's not gonna screw up too badly you know, he'll push the ball a little bit in transition he did have 43 assists in six games which is solid and he's capable of shooting the ball off the dribble from three cannot get to the room he only had one field goal on the 10 times he tried taking to the basket out of pick and roll between turnovers uh, and missed shots uh, around the room I mean, he looked like frank mason out there you know and maybe mason can in somewhat similar fashion to someone like Farrell become a good enough shooter that he can just be efficient solely on taking threes off the dribble and spotting up and he does have solid enough passing vision he will push it in transition so I think he can be steady the question is you know is he gonna be a below average option at backup point guard or a solid option and you know I don't know that this really did much to answer those questions Justin Jackson was extremely efficient uh but did it in a way that may not necessarily be sustainable. I will read you my line because it's funny because it's so close. I said, I never thought his scoring was going to translate against substantially more athletic and better competition. Like that's basically the same idea there. And But but we should say what he did. I mean, so 57 true shooting on 23% usage, 18 points a game, made 32% of his threes, got to the line 23 times in 221 minutes. He played a lot of time because they were in those two summer leagues. But the other concern with Justin Jackson, low steal rate, low rebound rate low block rate and so that puts a lot on his scoring because that's really all he does he never gets a rebound i mean he's just he is he's so skinny his total lack of physicality i mean he he's you know he'll try a little harder than like a rodney hood uh you know he's got a little bit better length than uh, rodney hood but you know in terms of his rebounding his physicality his force he's that type of player he's really more of a two guard despite having the size uh at the three in terms of his height and length yeah i wonder exactly 
what his ideal role is on a successful NBA team. I mean, also we talked about how the steal and block rates, but like he's not really that impactful a defensive player either. That does not necessarily have to be reflected in those numbers. But you know, he put the ball in the basket more than I expected. So I'm happy. I'm happy in that element. And the league needs more threes. So maybe if he becomes a rotation level small forward, that's okay. But I mean, with where he was drafted and everything else, I mean that that there certainly is. There doesn't seem to be, you know, that real like kind of surplus value from that spot from Justin Jackson for me, like untapped potential. Yeah, the good news was he took 6.7 threes per game, made 32% of them, but really the way he was efficient, he got to the foul line a little more than he had been, but he was 13 out of 27 on jumpers off the dribble and 9 of 11 on jump shots inside of 17 feet. Now, this wasn't floaters. You know, we've seen that floater game from him. He didn't get to that as much, but against smaller players, he was able to get to a spot, rise up, and hit the those 15-foot range jumpers. So he's doing more off the dribble. You know, it wasn't even necessarily as much coming off screen although he can do that too either curling into the lane or even for a three on occasion but he was just kind of taking a couple of dribbles working to a spot rising up a, and hitting a, a contested jumper but yeah i think at the nba level with more athletic defenders that's not really a great shot you know unless you're joe johnson and even then it's not a great shot and, and he doesn't have the strength to create space against guys his size I mean, he was really mostly doing this against guys that he had you know a few inch height advantage on San Antonio now, uh, we'll start briefly with uh, Chimizy Metu. 21 year old center prospect explosive if not ridiculously so uh, around the rim kind of this jumping jack block shots rim runner sort of center uh he's aggressive going for shot blocks I, I thought he did a good job of rolling hard to the basket to suck in the defense but maybe fell in love with his jump shot a little bit too much and, and he was facilitating at the elbows with mixed results in that spurs system uh, you know i thought his feet were okay but not amazing for a player of this type you know i mean he's not going to be quite the switch guy that you'd hope but you know he's the second rounder uh so he has some tools seems to me like a little bit more of a g-league guy at this point but maybe someone who could develop into an, an energy type of backup center yeah i was intrigued by him this will be his age 21 year and he's gonna need to figure out you know what what to do in terms of offensively with his jump shot i think he just just tone that down be a lower usage guy i think that would work out well but you know rebounded reasonably well what the shots the shots that he took that were more in line with what i expect to be his long-term game worked out reasonably well so yeah i, I liked what we saw from from him overall and yeah quick quick note sure. on him too you know not really the type of size you look for in right. a prospect like him at the combine 229 foot standing reach you know that's a little below average maybe for a center uh only a 7-1 wingspan so uh, again you know that's kind of more you know not the kind of elite measurements but that's why he was in, in the second row we can move on to second year player Derek White. This will be his age 24 season because of his circuitous route to the NBA. And he certainly looked like a more complete all around player than he did before. To me, it was more than the usual rookie to sophomore jump, partially because I wasn't super impressed with him last year. But the problem still with White is his pathway to success as an NBA player. You know, like he did better with the ball in his hands to be sure, scored a fair amount of points. He had 50, 54% true shooting on 34 percent usage which is a lot and he had a lot of assists but what i wasn't seeing from him was the immediate translation to being a part even if it's a smaller part of a optimized nba offense the biggest encouraging thing for me about him you know, again, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it, no one elite skill really pops out at, at this point, but I think he showed some 
maybe the potential to be steady in a lot of areas you know you mentioned the shot creation that didn't include getting to the rim a lot you know a lot of it was pick and roll he's not going to get separation without a screen and then rise up from the mid-range he got off 6.4 three-point attempts a game that's uh, pretty solid in the five games that he played hitting 34 percent of those he had been a little bit more reluctant from downtown in last year's summer league so it's good to see him being more aggressive i also thought that with his 27 assists in the five games you know it's not an unbelievable number as much as he had the ball in his hands but that he threw some pretty nice incisive passes just from up top to cutters finding the role man for dunk so like if you look at a highlight reel of his passes he did have some pretty impressive ones in there uh you know even if he's not just like you know a natural amazing passing lead guard so i thought that you know he's not really a guy who's gonna finish at the rim that much in terms of his athleticism but i was impressed with just the strides that he's taking he is 24 so how big is the upside for him uh, tough to say uh you know i didn't think he was as effective finding shooters although again in summer league you know how many shooters you actually have on the floor at once it's kind of hard to say uh so I, I thought he came out and did you know he had a better than expected summer league he showed some promise he did what he needed to do here uh as much as he could even if it, again you know you kind of wonder like all right he's steady he can be okay defensively he's a average athlete he's got good size as a point guard but what exactly does he do that's elite but still to to show this steadiness and be able to create this many shots and not be totally inefficient i I think is a a big step forward for him yeah there's a lot of a lot to like there move on to lonnie walker this was his first summer league out of miami fell a little bit in the draft compared to some people's expectations this will be his age 20 season something that that struck out to me early on in one of his games he had a nice move where he was dancing around in the perimeter got by his guy and got into the lane for a floater now you would love for that floater to instead be a finish at the rim or free throws or something like that but it it can go in so there there are certainly positives there though i will also mention he was 20 of 60 on twos which is not not great but the bigger concern for me and this was something why i was lower on him when i watched film was defensively he's an athlete but you don't see that athleticism translate into really affecting it and there was a situation where he was guarding Aaron Holiday and you know Holiday had some good stretches during summer league and he could not keep Aaron Holiday in front of him in an ISO just got an he got a clean drive right through and that led to an open corner three as the guy tried to recover yeah I think he and uh, Josh Okoji are similar players in terms of their physical tools I think Walker is a more naturally skilled guy better score scoring instincts but uh okoji plays a lot harder he's better defensively stronger you know he has one more more year of experience uh walker you know he's able to create jump shots off the dribble he was eight out of 24 on those he's working a lot as you know 31 percent of his offense came as the pick and roll ball handler that that's he's more comfortable working off the dribble he was only two out of 12 on catch and shoots and also his finishing at the rim in the half court when contested was pretty ugly three out of 13 it could do better there uh, as well uh he does is able to get to a step back jumper that he gets nice rise on and, and i think his straight line acceleration is impressive when he turns the corner you know he's able to widen the gap he's not going to get caught from behind he did get up for a nasty block and transition had, had a couple of dunks but uh if you try to pressure him up out on the floor again because he's got that straight line acceleration he's able to blow by uh he also you know doesn't have the greatest feel i mean they had a game i want to say it was against 
can't remember who's against but they're up one 3.4 second differential at the end of the game and he shoots with 14 on the shot clock like just a terrible you know about the worst mental mistake you can make so that that wasn't good but you know he showed some potential i mean i think this is pretty much what i would have expected from him based on the film that we watched the fact that he was so inefficient at miami i think he was 51 percent true shooting at miami played very similarly just ball in his hands took a lot of long twos uh so to expect that to change much you wouldn't i'm that. excited to see what the spurs do with a guy like him what what can they iron out what is innate and working from a player who's more athletic can they work defensively to, to really maximize that like he is so different from kyle anderson and they you know kyle anderson became a, a, a one of the better iterations of him that you could expect as a san antonio spur now obviously memphis grizzly and so now they get four years with lonnie walker to see what they can do let's turn to toronto where uh malachi richardson who i basically had forgotten was even on toronto you know he played some with raptors 905 he was part of it got traded to toronto last year at the deadline and i actually thought this was a step forward for him this is the first time i've ever seen him and thought like he was doing some good things out there he's 23 already he was an older rookie i mean this is going into his third year already and, and he was really he's been derailed some by injuries I remember his rookie year was, was kind of ruined by a hamstring injury and then it, he wasn't able to play last year much in summer league either with a recurrence of that but 42 percent from three on six threes a game that is solid but you know anybody can get hot i mean he is a guy who can take and make difficult shots at, at times but just generally you know i didn't watch a ton of him in terms of like all right how good was his defense that's going to be a major thing for him but I thought he his athleticism looked better. His first step looked better. He was actually creating separation, getting to the rim, using spin moves, doing the, he loves the jab right, go left, but actually was able to get to the rim off of that, was able to go right as well. Uh, good versatility to the jump shot. He, he was creating separation, which, you know, is not something I'd seen a ton of for him. He's got a long way to go because he really hasn't been successful at the big league level at all. But this, this summer league was a step forward for him and really the first encouraging signs I've seen when i've watched him so uh good job by him he did what he needed to do in, in this summer league to, to kind of keep his career afloat because certainly with toronto in tax concerns he's a big candidate to get that fourth year option declined but if he can start to really be a bomber from outside uh, who can defend a little bit you know that is a skill set that they're going to need on this team that's true i could also see the raptors loving to find a place to move him in the immediate just so they could get off of the, oh, get yeah. off of the tax mean, it, bill for this coming season you know, if they could find a team that would Absolutely. be willing to pick up that option and and take him on, they would they would do it in a heartbeat. And yeah, I thought I thought he did did well. It should be noted that even though he shot forty two percent on threes, he his per was still below ten, and he had a fifty five true shooting because he just wasn't doing a lot. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do much else in the box score. Right. Yeah, his assist rate was concerned. not not great either. Doesn't rebound or anything like that. So you know, certainly good to see him do something. And this, as you said, will be his age twenty three season. Somebody who tried to do more with the ball his hands be again it's summer league being summer league as og and Anobi. this is will be his age 21 season that is not and probably will not be his game he had i had it marked as a three to ten assist to turnover ratio in 109 minutes when he had the when they made him work concerted effort to give him that opportunity but if og and Anobi is never that guy the raptors still have a incredibly valuable player yeah 70 possessions in terms of shots and turnovers to three assists is not a fantastic ratio in four games but
But I thought just the fact that he was able to have 27% usage was good. You know, 51% true shooting, 8 out of 27 from 3. He did pull out a couple of moves where you're like, oh, okay, he has this. Like, he had this one beautiful spin move uh, on Keita Bates' job where he got right to the rim. And he wasn't running pick and roll that much. Usually it's just like, hey, we'll throw in the ball for pick and roll. Let's see if he can do something. He actually was just being much more aggressive attacking off of closeouts uh, on the second side, getting to the basket, uh, being more aggressive shooting threes uh, off the catch. So I, I thought he showed some flashes, you know, a higher skill level than we had seen from him before. And that in smaller doses, it, it can be useful uh, for him, you know, just being comfortable creating because he was working more off a of spot up situations in transition you know there weren't as many chances for a system i think the fact that he's able to get to a 27 percent usage on the type of plays when he wasn't being featured per se uh you know he's just giving more of the green light to do something off the catch uh was good so i think you know he could be more aggressive this year the corner three looked good above the break still you know a little dicey uh you know you mentioned that he had a a fair number of turnovers so i I thought this was fine from him you know he he showed a little bit more than we'd seen from a skill level standpoint even if he wasn't it was wasn't like some kind of a revelation but there was more there at least and you remember of course that with coming off the torn acl he was unable to play last year in summer yeah that that's definitely worth noting and he did average six rebounds a game which is which is good for somebody who is at his role you're you're totally fine with that and we can move on to the washington wizards their first round pick troy brown got a lot of shots up i mean so he had a 29 usage rate 18.4 points per game and you know i i think that he was like he was okay okay i wonder where where his game is going to go and broadly speaking you know taking wings is better than not taking wings but i'm kind of sitting there going well he was taking over zaire and some of the other guys like well what was it about him that really struck the wizards because I didn't see much that like I didn't see anything really disastrous or anything with Troy Brown, but I didn't see that like the the hook I guess you could call it with him. Yeah, I mean maybe the hook is that he's just turned nineteen now. He's he's younger, uh, and just to be able to create that level of shots and not just be totally inefficient, uh, especially when you consider that he was three of nineteen on threes, and that's something that's really going to need to improve in his career. He was only twenty nine percent at Oregon as well after having a little bit of a reputation as a shooter at the lower levels, and his jump shot looks good. Uh, it just hasn't really gone in in his college and now pro career uh i did think that he's a little slow you know he's more of a smooth athlete not really a dunker uh they tried him at point guard even a little bit like he has a good handle and he used 25 pick and roll possessions actually got to the rim about half of the time uh when he came off the screen which is impressive especially for summer league uh so you know he's shown more craft in the pick and roll than you might expect getting to his right hand he's got nice touch he's had some good touch finishes around the and left hand he's not as comfortable you know he got ripped up out on the floor trying to go left to one time defensively i think it's not gonna be you know he's not really an impact defender he's more just a guy uh but you know i think you're more gonna be hoping that he can get to the a point of adequacy which you know i wouldn't put past him as opposed to really being like a, a guy who's gonna positively help your defense uh but he, he was more comfortable operating off the dribble than I thought he would be. And But the three-pointer has got to come around. That's where it's really going to be difficult for him. But you know, on Tuesday, I thought he was efficient, solid in transition as well. So this was, actually had some things that were better than I thought to see from him. Uh, so I, I was encouraged, although I do express some of the reservations that, you know, in terms of playing a role, he's more kind of jack-of-all-trades, master of none. I think we can move on 
on to Thomas Bryant. This will be his age 21 season after a year with the Lakers and then getting claimed off of waivers by the Washington Wizards. You know, he put up some numbers, 14 and a half points, seven rebounds in 30 minutes a game. And there are things to like about Bryant. I mean, the the energy that he plays with is great, but I struggle to see the theory of him as a successful NBA player in the modern league just because of what we expect from centers defensively. Like, I, I don't, I, I like him. I, I want him to succeed, but I don't, you know, I don't expect it at this point, even though it is certainly possible. Yeah, and he's not particularly mobile and he's not a great shot blocker either uh, here or in the G League. The jumper looks good though. He actually even hit a jumper coming off of a screen. And although he was 0 for 9 from 3, uh, I thought he was aggressive looking for them. And he made 36% of his 184 threes in the G League last year. And he had a nice season for the South Bay Lakers. He's also really an enthusiastic teammate, you know, someone who could be an end of the bench guy, uh, celebrate uh, on the bench, be someone who plays hard in practice. You mentioned his running the floor. I mean, that's his most impressive skill. I mean, there was one play he made where he makes a hook shot four feet from the basket. The other team quickly inbounds the ball. They throw it ahead to half court throw it ahead to another guy and Bryant who just made the hook is the first guy back on defense he sprinted all the way back and, and he stops the layup from that I mean it's really just impressive energy uh the other thing I was hoping for more of from him and, and I look back in the G League he wasn't really that effective either uh on the glass you know with his big body has how hard he plays you would hope that he could be one of these guys who's like you know 13% offensive rebound rate really really wasn't that at all and even on the defensive glass below 20% defensive rebound when you can the G League, the size advantage that he has there, hoping for more of him uh, on the boards. Uh, Yusuf Sanan, 44th pick this year, won't turn 18 until the very end of, or I'm sorry, won't turn 19 until the very end of October. Not a ton to say about him. He's kind of played the Isaac Bonga role uh, as another European import who really is uh, just so young and so right. He only took 11 field goal attempts in four games. I thought there's a couple of times when he at least tried to like pressure the ball up and, and play hard. His body looks pretty soft right now uh, and you know just no indication that he's ready to to come over and contribute anytime soon and then the other guy on this team who i thought was very intriguing with his physical profile was uh, devin robinson who, out of florida who is on a two-way this year uh, as well played it for in the g league last year not for them because they don't have a g league team uh or at least until right now the capital city go-go i believe is it uh but uh, he had a very impressive summer league. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a crazy athlete who just dunked all over people when he had the opportunity, which was incredibly fun. Oof. I mean, he had some, I, I think he probably had at least half of like the five best dunks of summer league. Like It, it was just bananas. Sometimes he was, I, was that San Antonio? There was some team that he just victimized for like three dunks in like two minutes. Yeah, it was San Antonio was it. Yeah, San <laughs> it was Antonio. awesome. And beyond that, I mean, he averaged 20 points a game, 32% from three. 6 and 19 overall got to the free throw line about 32 times over the course of the, his tenure in Vegas and so yeah there was a, a lot to like with him I'm wondering how his game is going to translate I'm I'm sure the Wizards are really happy that they have him on a two-way because if it works out then you can just make it you know either whether that's you know wield wield some sort of restricted rights or just basically kind of option him in can make it work and I, I really liked him Robinson has really improved his body um 
he just looked big out there i don't know if he's grown but six eight in shoes but he looked much bigger than that eight ten standing reach seven one wingspan so power forward size but he's only 190 at the combine last year and he looks much bigger than that now he really looks like he's put on some weight maybe he's thinner in the lower body but running the floor he looked awesome you mentioned those dunks shot 38 percent on 151 attempts in the g league last year with delaware um which wasn't you know he had to go play with them because the wizards didn't have a team at the time six of 19 on threes but looked very comfortable taking them um now in terms of like blocks and steals he doesn't do as much as that crazy athleticism would indicate i mean he came across for like some big blocks on occasion but you know he doesn't really get any other than those big highlight ones um I thought, though, that he made a lot of nice defensive plays uh, watching him live, whether it was digging down from the perimeter, he took a couple of charges. I mean, he was getting so fired up uh, in that Spurs game after he got those dunks. And then his passing, actually, you know, he only had 10 assists overall, but he threw like six or seven, like very nice passes to like the role man, guys going back there. He had this inbounds pass to a guy uh, from like deep in the corner for uh, a layup that looked really good. So it showed just a little bit of, of a hint of vision you know it wasn't those assists weren't just like all right i'm gonna swing the ball to the next guy for a shot like he was actually like diming guys up a a little bit and a couple of nice plays on the move uh, on the break so he is i think the most impressive thing was just the individual defense that he had the help defense that he had uh you know i'm not sure that he's the absolute smartest player but with those physical tools able to make a shot uh having put on some strength you know he's very intriguing at this point in time all right, well, that that was pretty good. We got to bring in Liam still here to talk about his five teams uh, in a moment. But uh, thank you for joining us, Danny. It might actually be a, a little bit before we talk to you again because we're getting into team previews after this. Although Danny will certainly be on to do some of them. Uh, but uh, anything you want to say before uh, we depart for a, a little bit here? Uh, not really. I mean, it was fun fun to do this. I still haven't done a write up yet for Real GM. I might at some point because I like doing stuff about summer league, and it was really fun to go back and actually having the benefit of time to go back and watch them film on these guys i enjoyed that process and you know august still plenty to talk about in this context all right so let's bring in liam now to talk about the five teams that we've skipped over but wanted to give him a chance since he was at summer league actually uh was an intern for SBC, but also had uh, plenty of time to watch some film. Also, when we start with the Brooklyn Nets, Liam uh, didn't have a ton of firepower on their roster with Crooks and Musa not playing. But uh, how did Jared Allen look in the two games he played? Yeah, so Jared Allen to me, I mean, he, he looked like one of those guys that, you know, was probably too good to be playing Summer League. And I guess that's why he only played two games. But in the, in the games I saw, I was really impressed with his pick and roll defense. Uh, you could see like the reach and you know his vertical on display he really protected the rim closed off everything around there uh he's obviously like well suited to playing drop coverage and pick and roll so i thought he did a real good job of his positioning there as as far as finding the space between the ball handler and the roll man and just uh, defensively i was overall impressed uh with his ability on an offense offensively uh i I thought he showed some good hands to catch some low uh a couple low passes in in the pick and roll and finished pretty well overall so uh, what did you think of him yeah, you know, I, I think defensively for a guy like him, you're much better off just going on what you saw in the NBA last year, and he had shown some promising signs. Good to see him doing a little better. Obviously, he's not facing the quality of ball handler, the quality of big that he will necessarily in the NBA, but I thought offensively it, he was active, which was good to see. He had averages at 10.5 points and 11.5 rebounds, which was good to see him get on the glass. I, I thought he 
looked good in terms of his skill development not necessarily doing things that you would see him do at the nba level like he had a couple of drives just off the dribble from the top he had one just massive dunk on joe chi when they're playing against the rockets hit a corner three as well when the strong side guys left off and that was actually you know a difficult quick release shot i don't think he's going to be extending his range out to above the break but we saw him experiment a little bit with the corner three last year when they want to have someone else work a, as a role man and then finishing around the rim his touch is not amazing but he's able to dunk a lot of these he's not going to go and catch the ball at the corner the backboard and dunk home an alley-oop but if you put it up there near the rim you know he, he's uh above average at, at going to get those with, with that massive seven five wingspan did you see him do any switching at all yeah i saw him um a couple times i think he, he's more inclined to you know play way off those people on the perimeter just because he feels like he doesn't have the foot speed to really guard out there so he got beat on a pull-up on one of the switches i saw but i i thought you know he didn't look you know out of place you know guarding in space whenever he had to and i think uh going back to what you said i think a big part of the summer league was just showing off uh you know his his motor because coming out of college that was a big question mark with him is is he going to play hard all the time and i thought it was good to see him playing hard in a setting like this where maybe some guys wouldn't be as motivated when he had a good season last year for a rookie so i thought that was a big positive overall yeah and i mean we saw a somewhat similar player in thon maker have an absolutely terrible summer league last year and that presaged him having an absolutely terrible regular season last year and so at least alan he, he came out here i thought he did everything uh, that he needed to do uh without with kuroks uh, and who is the number 40 overall pick musa the number 29 overall pick not playing uh, after their long european seasons the nets uh, are very aware of the effects of fatigue uh, on a young team but is there anyone else that stood out to you on the on the nets just uh, on some of their non-roster guys so there are a couple guys that i like that played for them theo pinson was impressive to me and he he's a four-year player from unc so I mean, people know him pretty well, but I think that this was a different version of him that played at Summer League. In, in college, I think he only averaged 1.5 three-point attempts per game like in every season. And during the Summer League, he shot five threes a game. So clearly, I think it was an emphasis of the coaching staff to encourage him to be aggressive because that was a big problem with him, not just three-point shooting, uh, but just overall aggressiveness. So I think it, it was a great job by the coaching staff to get it into his head that he needs to be an aggressive player if he wants to be an NBA quality player. And he shot 11 of 26, uh, 11 of 26 overall from three. And he showed some versatility as a shooter. And, you know, obviously that's not a big enough sample size to feel great about him as a shooter long term, but um, that's a good start. And if he can shoot, I think there's a lot of things to like as far as his NBA body, his first step, some of his passing ability. Uh, he's, he's pretty inconsistent and rough around the edges, uh, you know, whether it's defensively or his ball handling or, you know, he, he throws the ball around, turns it over a bit. But I think between like his physical traits and, you know, some of his uh, feel for the game, I think he's a good guy to, you know, gamble on with like a two-way spot if he can develop that three-point shot into a more reliable threat yeah and pinson will in fact be on a two-way this season with the nets uh anyone else uh, show out to you at all uh sean dawson was interesting to me i don't think he's signed with anybody yet um but he he's a like a, a wing player six six uh strong frame a uh, pretty fluid athlete finished well at the rim i think he had a little bit of handle and shake to his game kind of just like a natural score he just had a way of cutting to the hoop whether it's in transition or flying in for tippins and getting buckets off of that and you can shoot a little bit um i don't know pro- probably not a great shooter i had heard from some people that he's you know probably a better player than playing out of structure than like a pickup style environment which summer league can be at times compared to you know a pro, a pro team system so maybe that made him look a little better than he is but I, I was impressed overall I thought he stood out as you know somebody that was really impressive overall did you, did you see anything that you liked from him 
Yeah, I mean, he was someone who flashed. I didn't go back and look at the film, but in the games that I watched uh, of the Nets, he, he stood out a little bit. I mean, that jumper looks good, although he shot it pretty poorly in the Israeli league. Dawson has an interesting story, actually, as an African-American Israeli Jew uh, and played in the Israeli league last year. So it'd be interesting to see if anything comes of that, but doesn't really have much of a pedigree. He's uh, undrafted back in 2015. Let's move now to the Boston Celtics. What did you see from Semi Ojale, who's coming off of getting playoff minutes, but was looking to expand his offensive game in this summer league? So I think there were some things to like. I, th- I think he upped some of his um, aggressiveness uh, just from the three-point range. He think he had six per game, and he was trying to show off some of that shot diversity off movement or off off the dribble. So you didn't see much of that in Boston during the season. So I think he was trying to extend himself a little bit. And to me, he, he didn't really show... He's got really poor handle to me. Like he, in any of his ISO situations, he just didn't look confident in his ball handling, and he couldn't really create any separation on his ISOs. He usually settled for like a Dirk fade in the post on guys, and and I just don't know how he's going to be a very successful offensive player in the NBA. Uh, he's a below the rim athlete. He didn't finish great around the hoop last season. He didn't do it in summer league uh, that much. He had a couple of strong finishes, but you know, finishes where he's not getting off the floor well. And you know, I don't, maybe it's maybe I'm wrong, but finishes where I think maybe he would make that in the NBA against a better contest. But defensively, I mean, he he did what he did well. Um, in last season, he he switched on the guards. He locked up a uh, a couple players, uh, Devonte Graham, Monte Morris. He did a really good job just stoning them a couple times. And defensively, I think you know he's a natural. He's a high IQ player. He he sees the floor. He's always in the right spot. But even as a rim protector, he doesn't really have like a great vertical. He's just under six seven with under a six ten wingspan. So he doesn't have you know great physical traits for a rim protector. So I think he was a little bit limited in some hit help situations. But I don't know. O- overall. I was a little bit discouraged uh, from his performance. Well, and so that discouragement was just because he was unable to do more with the ball in his hands? Yeah. So I like I said, like any ISO situation, he couldn't really take anybody off the dribble. He doesn't have that type of handle. And I, I went back and looked last season. I think he was uh, like one of the lowest usage rates in the NBA. He had one of the lowest assist rates. Like he really didn't do much besides just spot up three-point shooting. And I think he needs to do a little bit more of that if he wants to be a you know, starter caliber, or even rotation player. Yeah, I'm not really that concerned if he can't do anything one-on-one. I mean, I think finishing around the rim would be nice if he could get better. I mean, he's definitely an NBA quality player defensively. We talked about how strong he is, how he's able to switch. He's probably actually a little bit less useful now with LeBron James out of the conference, but they got to still deal with Giannis Antetokounmpo, on whom Ojale did a good job. Uh, they have to deal with Ben Simmons. They got to deal with Kawhi Leonard. So he, he's a good matchup against those guys. And, you know, if you're talking about him being a key rotation piece, I agree he's got to get a little bit better i was encouraged though with the extra aggressiveness that he showed with the three-point shot although interestingly enough i i hadn't remembered this or actually no i did remember it and then i was surprised to see him so reluctant from the three-point line in actual nba games he actually shot 15 out of 40 last year from three he was only 10 out of 30 this year but i did think he was looking to shoot more aggressively and that was the biggest thing is just that he really was turning down too many shots i i thought so yeah, I think he can have a, a career as a defensive specialist. And, and there's we've talked a lot about in the playoffs how there are guys who just have weaknesses that will come in and kill you. And as long as Ojale can hit a shot, you know, and he was shooting aggressively enough that even if he only shoots you know, 33%, but on the type of shots that he was taking in these games, he was shooting six a game, uh, that he could be a valuable player due to his defense, even if you know he's not going to be a high-end rotation player. Just having a guy you can stick into a playoff series against any 
anybody who can hold his own defensively and not kill you, I, I think is a valuable player. It's just, you know, as you mentioned, the offense is going to be, is he really going to be a, get a, a guy who gets another contract or is he going to be sort of more on the fringes, you know, ninth, tenth man in the rotation? Let's move on to Robert Williams. Don't need to talk about him much. I mean, he only played seven minutes due to knee issues. He had tendonitis and he banged his knee. So they decided to shut him down. And, uh, you know, not some, uh, not too great some of the reports, such as like that he had left his wallet in a number of different locations and missed flights. And, and he, you know, he missed his initial uh, presser as well in Boston by phone. And so you know, reports around the team are that he's at least, you know, a good teammate. He's not, you know, a bad apple in that sense but a guy who just probably needs to figure out a way to take things a little bit more seriously uh but nothing really to see in the seven minutes that he, that he played how about uh jabari bird who uh is going to get an nba contract this year with the celtics uh after playing last year in maine yeah he was a, a a pretty good score in the g league last year um so it's i don't think it's that much of a surprise that he managed to get a contract and he looked pretty good in summer league he has a really smooth jumper just great balance coordination on his mid-range game and he, he gets pretty good elevation so he can get those good looks on those mid-range pull-ups and as a, as a cutter I thought he was fantastic just as far as uh whether it was filling the lanes in transition or curling off screens when the defense was trailing him and there were a couple times where like someone would drive and be in the near side corner and he'd cut baseline and get an easy layup instead of taking that corner three so I think he's developed a little bit as a playmaker since college he's not like you know somebody that's going to run heavy pick and roll and create for all his teammates but he, he's a pretty good ball mover I thought and he can you know make plays off a pin down like whether it's a DHO or something like that hit the roll man so he's not going to be a a primary like creator he doesn't have great you know handle he's not explosive vertically around the rim he has a decent first step um he's pretty flexible around the hoops showed some good touch um and and defensively i think he'll hold up solidly just as a guy that um you know competes pretty well didn't make too many mistakes but he doesn't have like the the biggest frame so he may not be the most switchable guy but i thought defensively held up pretty well offensively i think he's you know a guy that's well suited to play you know a, a secondary or tertiary role on offense uh, when he's on the floor against bench units most impressive about him for me was just some of the field plays he has you mentioned the cutting he'll get on the offensive glass as well it had some tip-ins you can even get up for some tip dunks every once in a while and he had five percent offensive rebounds in the g league which is you know for a guy his size uh, as a shooting guard size guy that's pretty impressive but what did trouble me a little bit about his performance was only going three out of five in four games from three only five of his 49 field goal attempts were three-pointers and as you mentioned this isn't someone who's going to be having the ball in their hands all the time at the nba level he's got some craft finishing around the rim but doesn't have the explosion to really create separation get in the lane and finish over a contest from an nba big man so you know, he had games where he didn't even shoot a three-pointer. And last year in the G League, you looked better. He shot, you know, I think about six a game, but only 33%. So he had made his reputation as a shooter coming up through the ranks when he was at Cal. And that's really he's gonna have to get back to that uh to and uh, you know you like when guys can supplement the key part of their game as he could with the offensive rebounding the cutting doing a little bit with the ball in his hands creating a shot at the end of the clock if he's stuck but i just need to need him to shoot the ball more and need him to shoot the ball better if he's going to be able to get excited about at the nba level and then you mentioned his defense is you know more average not necessarily a multi-positional guy uh, but 
and especially considering how many of those guys the Celtics do have how much time he's going to get this year you're not quite sure yeah and I thought he was a good fit for their personnel just as, as someone that can move well off the ball when, when they have the, uh, the ball with like Al Horford in the high post or something like that I think he'll be able to mix it movement off ball and I, I do think he'll shoot more and he'll shoot better um in the NBA like you said in college he was a three-point shooter so maybe that's just small sample in this uh setting but I, I think he'll be a solid three-point shooter yeah I hope so I mean the 33 percent in the G League is a little worrisome to me too uh and he's not like he's at, i mean they shoot a lot of threes in the g league he wasn't like it's not like oh man you're taking 10 of these a game and you're just taking these incredibly difficult shots and that's why you're shooting 33 percent. you know six a game is not an incredible number for someone who's getting the type of looks he was in the g league let's turn to gershon yabusele number 16 pick back in 2016 was kind of a signability pick where he actually went and played in china for a year last year was his rookie year but he's really ballooned we've uh had a little fun at the expense of his weight at this point did not appear to be in better shape you know i'd say he's over 300 pounds uh, at his six eight or so size uh he's got a, a decent wingspan uh I thought the best thing that he did was he set some really fat screens. <laughs> Just when guys would run into him on a screen, you would really hear it. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I, I can't really point to anything that I was excited about with him either this season or during summer league. And, and I'm thinking he might be a, a guy who could get his third year option declined, especially with the Celtics ne- needing roster spots and potentially facing a tax crunch in future years. And I, I'd agree with you. I think if, if, it, if he wasn't on a team, Team that was facing some of those issues that you just said that maybe he'd get you know a third year just to get another chance but I mean it's kind of incredible with how how out of shape that you mentioned he looks like it, it's incredible like how fast he moves sometimes like some of his like quick steps like I think he's got like the nickname like dancing bear like he kind of reminded me of like a guy like Glenn Davis where it's like how how, how the hell is that guy moving that fast but uh yeah he had a couple nice drives and you know he shot a little bit but like you said like offensively I don't think he has enough skill to make up for you know some of his defensive uh problems he, he's not great positionally and he, he doesn't seem to have a great feel for what he's doing on that end yeah, i'm just i mean can you point to right now a single nba level skill that he has well i think i mean the, the question is if, if he shoots his three well enough to you know make this like you know usable but i do think he can drive bigs pretty well off the perimeter but you know no one's going to close out or play that far out on him if he can't shoot it well so and then i don't know if you if you really want like your offense to be a heavy dose of you know gershon yabuselli attacking closeouts but i think he can do that a little bit and he has some athleticism but like you said like the bottom he hasn't really developed overall and he doesn't have the greatest size so I mean I'm with you I don't really think he's an NBA player long term but I, I do think he does have some driving ability but that's probably not going to cut it yeah the concept of him was one that I didn't understand even back when he was drafted because you do see that all right he's got this big body but what is he really doing with that big body right I mean is he like killing people on the offensive glass is he posting up you know those skills uh, aren't as important yeah he can shoot the ball a little bit he might be able to get to the rim but like he's not going to have the explosion to finish over anybody there he can handle it okay on the perimeter make a few passes uh but not really none of that stuff is really that great and and i mean i think if you were ever going to have a career it would have to be really as an energy guy where he uses that big body and it's a tool for him instead of being a detriment so he's got to get down to like 265 and get into awesome cardio shape where he can really throw guys around on the boards get to the rim a little bit better, start to drain his jump shot. I mean, there's just a lot of things that have to happen, and especially the way, you know, he's been going the wrong direction in terms of conditioning, and he hadn't gotten any better. For some reason, you would have thought, okay, he's like, I really let myself go in the G League. I'm eating a lot of lobster rolls up there in Maine. I'm going to lock in here after the season's over, but, you know, we didn't see that from him either. 
All right, who's your next team? Uh, Detroit. Um, do you want to talk about Henry Ellison? <laughs> I think Danny mentioned him uh, a couple pods ago about how he didn't play so hot. But uh, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, he was, I think he shot 30% from the field and 17% from three, and he was just shooting a ton. So, I mean, that, that high usage and that efficiency, is it, it kind of killed the Pistons in some of these games. Not that winning really matters here. But I mean, he just, and like defensively, obviously, he's probably worse. He can't, you know, guard on switches at all. He doesn't, you know, get out to guard jumpers, even in drop coverage. I mean, offensively he he fancies himself as this great ball handling like coast to coast guy and he can do some grab and go and you know hit ahead to some players that and that's useful a little bit but a lot of the times he'll try and break a guy down off the dribble he won't turn the corner on them he'll run straight into them and he'll take this like fadeaway pull up and he he wasn't shooting them well at all he also thinks he's a very good shooter and I mean from the three-point shooting in the mid-range it was it was pretty ugly I mean maybe he's you know better than he showed here but it didn't look that good it kind of looked a little flat and I just I don't see what he does well at the NBA level, like you were saying with Gershon, like Henry, I mean, he, he's a guy that I really don't see what he does at the NBA level. So I think he's virtually a lock to get his option declined uh, uh, coming up uh, in October. What did you see? Yeah, I would agree with that last statement with there being a new regime in town. They have obviously until October 31st to make that decision. And he's a year beyond Yavusele as well in terms of his development. They did come out after his freshman year. I mean, seven of 42 on threes, only five offensive rebounds in six games. I mean, one of those problems is he just doesn't play hard. You know, I mean, he does handle the ball. He had 21 assists with, you know, three a game. That's pretty solid. Uh, for a big but he also had one block shot in six games and now has three blocks in 16 summer league games in his career which for a big is awful i think if you were to just put together a highlight reel of his only as makes you'd be like man like these are some really impressive shots that this guy is making but his problem is that he doesn't ever make any unimpressive shots right he's all one-on-one he's not making his open shots he's not like posting up or beasting guys in the offensive glass he has no way to score efficient because he's just trying to go one-on-one even his post-ups where he had some success it's all fadeaway jumpers you know he's not using that big frame and you know he is he is an excellent ball handler for a big league. It's almost breathtaking sometimes how good he can handle the ball for his size, but it just doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. It's not efficient. It's not really part of team basketball. And then, you know, the defense is horrendous. So I, I, I agree. He was another guy who, again, if you want to look at, go through the list, you know, in any draft, you're only going to have probably 20 rotation players who come out of a draft, right? You're 25. But what we've really seen of the guys who have failed, Yabusele and Ellen, and are perfect examples of this of guys who just the concept of them uh just didn't make sense from the moment they were drafted right it, it just not a guy who fits into an nba game even if he does develop in mean, ellenson the way he plays he would have to be like you know a 20 point a game score efficiently to be worth it uh with all of his other deficiencies um how about uh Kyrie thomas the pistons gave up two second rounders to move in to the 38th selection and get the point guard uh, i guess really more of a shooting guard i should say out of creighton yeah i'd agree he's, he's much more of a wing player and you know he's he's not like uh, big enough to play the three but as a two guard i i, I kind of like him more than you know most people i've listened to i think he's you know pretty good defensively he's really good navigating screens and i think his closeouts and his length really surprise shooters and he contests and affects their shots he needs to get a little bit better with some of his off-ball instincts uh, i don't know if that was maybe the creighton system but you know a couple like mistakes he overcommitted on a stunt and didn't help off a back screen so just you know basic stuff that you know i think he'll clean up over time he, he seems to be a player that you know 
really gives a shit and you know it, it is a good you know smart player overall and offensively I mean I, I know he's a low usage player but I think he shoots it pretty well you know he can attack a closeout when someone's coming out harder than him I think his shot's good enough where people are going to close out to him and I thought he made when, when he attacked the closeout he made some good decisions off that whether it was uh you know the pull up or you know swinging it to the opposite corner or whatever and I, th- I think he really you know helps an offense function as just a guy that can spot up and you know make the right play out of uh closeouts like that so obviously he's not going to be like a high level you know starter or, but I think I think he's fine as like a backup wing I think he will be fine over time he doesn't finish great at the rim he's a little bit smaller but I think he really competes defensively he's got a good frame so I don't know he he's the type of guy that I think is you know someone you want is like a you know seven eighth nine type player on your on your team yeah that's interesting I I really I focus more on his offense and you know I didn't really quite understand the concept of him now the one encouraging thing that you can point to is the way he shot the ball from three in his career uh he was 5'11 on threes in summer league uh and he was career 41 percent from three but he wasn't taking a ton of them at Creighton he went out after his junior year he uh, already turned 22 in May, 6'4", 6'11", wingspan, so, but not, you know, a real jacked frame. He's someone who could probably guard threes in a pinch, but not as a primary matchup. He was a really low usage guy in college. I mean, he only got over 20% usage and just barely so in his third year and only 15% usage here. So he's not a guy who's going to be aggressive. And so he's really going to have to make, hang his hat on the defense. And that's encouraging to hear that, you know, I watched a little bit in I agree with you about the way that he competes, but I'm not sure that his physical tools are quite good enough to really just be a defensive guy only. And so whether it's getting more aggressive from three, whether it's showing a little bit more off the bounce, a little more passing, uh, he's going to have to improve. I think offensively has some tools, but isn't an unbelievable athlete either, but it's, he's got length. He plays hard, but uh, you know, a lot of people I thought were really high on him and the Pistons moved up to get him. and, And I can't, say that he was uh, i quite understood like why people thought he was so sexy there yeah i mean i agree he's he's a very unsexy pick but i think you know when you're talking about like the second round and a team like the pistons that you know could use some more depth on the wing and anybody could use depth on the wing but i think i think he's a good gamble like i he's a guy that i like i don't i forget what they gave up in that trade to go up and get him and obviously they're kind of uh yeah two second rounders is is okay so i don't know i guess i guess i could see that being reasonable maybe those will be higher second rounders with the pistons but who knows I, I don't know. He's a guy that I like appreciate taking a chance on in the second round. Yeah, it was, it was one of these like crazy picks. I can't even keep track of like all these second rounders. Like one of them is like you know the third best of like these five picks that have been you know it's always like the, it's something like that. So I I, uh, I and I'm not necessarily going to look that up right now. We we did enough research for this, but yeah, I mean it's uh you know it's interesting. I, I it's just hard for if he were just a little bit bigger, I think I'd be much more into him uh, than I am. Right. But, and, and like yeah like you it's said the second round the, exactly and i think i going through uh what was it the mock extension that you guys did i think you looked up like what was there like seven second round picks still in the league from that draft like the, the hit rate on these guys is really low he's just a guy that i like the odds on him better than some of the other guys in the second round how about uh bruce braun out of miami another guy turns 22 in a couple of days here a little more size six seven with a six ten wingspan 
only 205 pounds as of now. They drafted him 42nd in this draft. He's really struggled from the field. He was 21 out of 73, but had 18 assists. He can do some stuff with the ball in his hands at 6'7". That is a little bit intriguing. What did you see from him? Yeah, I thought he did You know, some positive things. I think overall it was probably uh, a discouraging performance. He, he created. He was able to get to the rim. I think he had a couple nice crossovers. He's got some handle and some deception to his game, but he doesn't have like the burst or the first step. Like he would get to the rim, but his guy would usually be like right on his hip, and he he doesn't have the touch to finish well when he has guys like contesting, especially when there's a second defender coming over. Yeah. So here's and- a stat for you on that. 10 out of 34 around the rim in the half court in this summer league. Yeah, that's just, it's not something that he's going to do well at all um, in the next level, which is a problem because he's a guy that is going to need the ball in his hands. He's not a great outside shooter. Uh, in college, he was kind of like a, he's a bigger, like, I don't know if he's like a full point guard, but he definitely likes to create with the ball in his hands. I think he's a pretty good passer, made some good reads, but some of those passes were off target. Like he wasn't like the cleanest distributor. I don't know if that's going to be something that he's going to get a chance to do a lot in the NBA and maybe on second units, but I thought on defense you know he had, he showed a really good motor he bothered ball handlers uh, trailing in the pick and roll and really harassed them he had some good hands uh he liked to push and transition which i liked and he got some good opportunities for his teammates and off ball he was okay he made some mistakes but he's not going to be a big factor there so he's a stronger guard but like i don't know i i, I don't see his fit in the nba long term yeah he's just gonna have to become an awesome defender and then just find a way to hit the three ball well enough uh, and he was 16 out of 60 last year at Miami I mean on offense is other than just as a grab and go guy pushing in transition which I think he does well it's got like a little bit of herky jerk to his game to get to the rim but can't really pull up for mid-range as you mentioned can't finish around the rim uh he had 18 assists so that's not for a guy who's six seven that's not awful um so maybe he can pass a little bit just be just versatile enough to find a spot uh, but i mean if he doesn't become an awesome defender it's hard to envision him having a great career but i do think he has some tools in that regard yeah i think his feel is his big selling point and if he was just a little bit more athletic or could shoot a little bit more i might be more inclined to believe in him but he doesn't really have any shooting versatility off the dribble he's not going to develop that anytime soon uh, maybe with some time in the g league but I, I don't see how he's going to be able to function as a primary ball handler. And defensively, like you said, he does, he's not a big enough plus there. And, you know, he's not going to be able to play much off ball with the shooting. So I, I really don't see how he's going to fit in long term unless he, you know, improves in uh, a couple areas. Let's move to New Orleans now. Chuck Diallo, who will be 22 this season. It sounds like he just, some of these guys, like Chuck is one of them. These bigs are not all that fun to evaluate in a setting like this because you know, they're really, there's no way they're ever going to get to be someone who's going to have the ball in their hands at the nba level probably not someone who's going to be shooting three pointers at the nba level you know at least anytime soon you know but he is a really an excellent effort guy that's uh, as it has been since he was uh, a high school prospect that's been the big appeal for him yeah and i i'd agree and disagree with part of what you said as far as uh like a setting where you know he's not you can evaluate him i thought they did give him some like iso possessions and some like face-up opportunities in the post that he's not going to get in the nba but he, this out this roster was pretty well constructed for you know allowing him to showcase some of his strengths. I thought he had really good versatility in the um in the pick and roll 
playing with uh, Walter Lemon Jr. and Tony Carr did a great job, you know, hitting him on the roll. And they had some shooters to space the floor. So I thought they did a good job putting the roster together as far as being able to evaluate the guys they had. And I think that's the one thing that Chick uh, does really well is as a role man in the NBA, he's he's just so fat. Like, he's got to be like maybe the fastest big man in the NBA just as far as like straight line speed. And as a role man, like he's so quick getting to the rim. A lot of the times he'd get there and beat the help before it could get there. And in transition, he, he flies from end to end. He beat you know, the opposing big man several times on that. And he's got a great motor on the offensive glass. Uh, I, I kind of like him as a as a backup five um, long-term in the NBA. Do, do you think he's somebody that's going to stick long-term as a rotation guy, at least? I think it's really going to matter on defense because of what you said. You know, and he's at least capable of, of making an 18-footer, you know, somewhat limited as a decision maker. But uh, as a backup big, I think it's, you know, is he going to be able to switch? He's not a great traditional rim protector, but uh, can he master the angles of a conventional pick and roll scheme which is more what the pals are generally going to do uh that's going to be the question to me about whether he's kind of on the fringes or whether he can develop into being a quality backup center yeah and i was surprised defensively you'd figure with like his mobility and his athleticism that he'd be pretty well suited to guard the perimeter and i thought he was better like in drop coverage you know guarding you know as a rim protector than he was when he went out on the perimeter and he just had bad instincts there as far as you know helping off shooters like one pass away or you know play you know poor closeouts you know I thought it was more footwork than rather he's you know too slow to actually handle stuff like that but he's not a great perimeter defender right now I think he's much more of a five defensively and like you said he has some of his those limitations as a rim protector he's not the biggest I think he's gotten a little bit stronger but he's not you know the most physically strong guy but I I kind of like him as a five and I think it's important the lineups that um New Orleans chooses to play him with because I think offensively he's going to be a real problem if they play him a lot with uh, Julius Randle I think he's got to play much more with Anthony Davis and uh, Miritich if they're going to play him so I think it's important that he plays with another shooting big. Um, but defensively, I thought he, he showed you know some instincts. I I thought he was a you know a work in progress, but I thought there was some good development there. And I think long term he could you know be serviceable as a defensive five. Yeah, and as a fourth big this year, I, would you feel comfortable relying on him to fill that role and, and to be in the rotation if, if there were an injury for uh, any of their top three bigs? Yeah, I that's that's the role I was thinking for him because I think he has shown the improvement. I think you know his development kind of warrants some minutes. Uh, you know, to show his development. I think obviously the the Hornets are in a situation where they are competing for the playoffs. So, you know, they don't have, you know, much time for a guy that, you know, can't help them win. But I'm looking at their roster right now. I think their fives are Anthony Davis, um, Diallo, and Emeka Okafor and Ajinsa. So I'd prefer that he gets the minutes of those three. And I think he can be useful in those minutes. Uh, There might be some growing pains, but I think uh, it's good that he should be in the rotation uh, for this season, at least to start out, see how he does. Frank Jackson, really been a star-crossed career for him sprained his ankle he's had a couple of foot procedures but at least looked pretty good in that one half that he was able to play it appears at least that the foot problems are behind him and it hasn't sapped his athleticism which was one of the big things that was a selling point for uh the former 31st overall pick in the 2017 draft yeah i thought and it's a shame that he got hurt again because he he definitely had his explosion still he looked really good just on some back cuts and um i think he had a dunk in there and just uh like you know, in his movements, he just looked really explosive and athletic, and he, he was forcing some stuff, and he was feeling his way back into the game. Um, but the jumper looked fine, and you know, I thought his feel was going to get there over time. It's just, uh, it's too bad that he got hurt because it would have been nice for him to get some of these developmental minutes. And then uh, Trayvon blew it out of Xavier, someone whose career I've followed for a long time. Uh, just the guy's just a wetter. Like the ball goes in the basket from three. I mean, that's been the case going back to his high school career, and 
the big downside for him is he's going to turn 24 in november so he spent a lot of time in college but what did you see from him well, like you said, I mean, his shooting in this event was incredible, especially when you consider like his reputation coming out of a college as a four-year player was this guy's a lights out shooter, don't leave him. And that that's going to be a focus. And obviously there's not too much game planning in summer league, but you know, those coaches are trying. They're going to say, get up on him. Don't give him any space. And I think what really allows him to, you know, be an effective three-point shooter, he's got a super quick release and he can do it off versatility. He was shooting on the move, off the dribble, off screens. He, he was shooting really deep behind the three-point line. And like you said, it was looking super smooth like every time. So, and I think he shot like seven threes a game in summer league and in college he, he shot I think just about as much so he's a high volume three-point shooter can do it off a lot of uh, different movements so I think that bodes well for his ability to you know develop into a role player like you said the age is kind of a problem when you factor in like well how much better is this guy going to get and is he going to get any added athleticism he's probably only going to start declining from this point forward so I thought he did well in some other areas uh you know some good reads um whether he was you know coming off the curl and hitting the um the big like rolling to the hoop stuff like that he, he had a couple nice passes he's not going to be like somebody that's creating out of pick and roll um he showed some nice touch on his floaters um and defensively i thought he was okay he competed he, he played smart at times like when he'd be matched up against like a you know a clear shooter he climbed up at him you know didn't give him any space but he's not the most athletic guy he's not gonna you know slide super well i i didn't think he played that physical defensively i thought he got knocked back a couple times but uh i don't know i think he could hold up you know well enough there he wasn't you know a liability in summer league and he, he may face some more problems in the nba when, when he's going to have to guard like bigger you know all-star threes but so does everybody so i think he's a guy that could you know play a, a role for the pelicans pretty soon just as a guy that's pretty pro ready yeah and they need some guys who can shoot the ball on the wing it's interesting i think he's got a lot of similarities with the player that another pelican darius miller has become as a guy with good size shoots the ball well uh, but you know a little bit slow i i would say he's maybe a little bit more athletic than than miller is although you know we've seen miller really shoot the ball extremely well at the nba level which we haven't seen from Blewett. all right let's finish up we are finally here we're done with all 30 teams after this on the utah jazz who do you want to start with for them well let's let's start with uh not so good first uh i, th- I thought tony bradley was uh pretty discouraging overall i think i looked at his numbers and his numbers were actually much better than i thought he shot really well um obviously his motors you know without question he, he's a he's a killer offensive rebounder he's so strong and he he goes after everything he's got that long wingspan so that's a huge selling point for him and i guess his touch around the hoop was okay but just overall like i, I don't see how his athleticism is gonna you know fly at the nba level at all like he, he got targeted in some summer league games where you know teams down the stretch of one game where it was like a close game like they went like pick and roll at him like three straight times and he he, he couldn't you know switch out or you know contest mid-range shots in the pick and roll um whether it was drop coverage or switching so i i don't think defensively he's going to be a factor and even just on offensively like i don't know how he's going to finish you know super well around the rim he has some touch and he's strong but like there'd be like times where he'd catch it wide open nobody around him and he, he didn't dunk it he'd like lay it up and i i know like that's not everything but like this guy doesn't get off the floor at all whether he has like time and space or no time and space he's not really going to be a role man like he's not you know somebody that's flying to the hoop he's not the, the most coordinated like on the move so i, I it, this is like you said with the other guys like when, when the jazz drafted tony bradley like what was like the way that he was going to work in the nba and i think they were convinced that he had more perimeter skills than i think he's shown so that hasn't quite panned out and he's still young so i guess he has a chance but it's tough for me to see you know his nba role or how he fits in the modern nba yeah, he's 0 for 4 last year in the 
G League from downtown and really uh, other than offensive rebounding difficult to say what uh, his skill is with the the slow feet as you mentioned uh, and you know doesn't really especially guys his size in the G League are not very common and he still wasn't really able to block many shots at all so I, I continue to remain unimpressed with him how about uh, Grayson Allen uh, he stands 6'5 but a 6'7 wingspan 8'1 standing reach which is pretty limited you know that's a, he's really more of a combo guard sized uh, turns 23 in October what did you make of his performance? Like you said, with those physical dimensions, I think that really showed up in his finishing at the hoop. He shot really poorly in summer league overall. I think some of that was forcing it, and some of them were just good looks that he wasn't making. And I'm, I'm not too concerned about him as a shooter long term. Uh, he had four years of a pretty good track record as a shooter with some versatility, and he even showed some of that. But uh, the results weren't great overall. I thought he was really impressive, just uh, how active he was in like every area of the game. Otherwise, he he passed it really well out of pick and roll. I thought he was seeing the floor very well. And he rebounded very well, which is good. He's showing that he's competed. You think there's certain areas with him because I think he's an athletic guy. He won like a high school dunk contest. Um, but like there's certain areas where his athleticism is going to show up, and there's certain areas where it doesn't at all. Like is is off one foot finishing around the rim. You you just don't see it at all. But I think on some of the rebounding, you know, whenever he's going after a loose ball, um, just his speed in the open floor. I thought he was really fast with the ball in the open floor, which isn't everything. But I think there's enough athleticism to there to think that he can play at the NBA level and with the shooting. And, you know some of his feel for the game I think there's a there's a good chance he could develop into like a bench guard that would be useful yeah I think I don't know that he's going to be just an absolute lights out shooter at the NBA level I mean he showed some facility shooting the three off the pick and roll shooting a little bit deeper his release looked fine to me yeah, I was five out of 22 from deep but like you I don't put as much stock in that and I think he's someone just as an offensive player who can do a lot of different things he can shoot the ball he can dribble adequately he can push it uh and then we'll make hustle plays as uh, miserable as it might be for some anti-Duke fans to hear us extol that. He is actually pretty good at, the, at doing that. So is it going to work for him offensively? I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't see that he has starter upside. It, you know, he's not really a two. He's not really a one on offense. He can bring the ball up, you know, it, it, but it's not going to be, you know, your every down pick and roll type of ball. handler. But at 21, if you can get a rotation player who can come in and give you 15 or 20 minutes play either guard spot to to some degree make shots compete defensively I mean it's not really going to be switchable especially with that pretty rough standing reach that he has uh, on defense but you know I, I, he's not someone that I was really that intrigued by but in the 20s i'm not going to say that he's not going to work out and i thought that he this wasn't an incredibly encouraging performance in summer league but i wasn't discouraged either yeah i thought it was like you know around like what you might expect from like the 21st pick like i didn't think he outperformed it i didn't think he was like severely disappointing maybe a little bit underneath and i just looking at the jazz roster it's going to be really tough for him to get minutes this year i think really his only avenue is if there's an injury i'm looking at the wings uh you know donovan mitchell royce o'neill joe ingles jay crowder is probably going to slide up and play some minutes at the three now that they got Thabo back so it's, it's going to be tough for him getting minutes in uh his rookie year and that might be tough considering he is an older player so we'll see how that shakes out but I, I have a tough time seeing him get a lot of minutes unless there's some injuries so real quickly here before we depart I was critical a couple episodes ago of the Jazz giving uh George Nyang who's 25 this year out of Iowa State giving him a full guaranteed contract for this year he's been compared to Jared Dudley in the past he has worked on it 
his shooting, I mean, I think that's the one thing that I think you can say looks better. His body looks a little bit better, but another kind of concept guy. Uh, but uh, am I wrong about him? Do you, would you support the fact that they gave him that, uh, that guaranteed contract outside of just based on on court? You know, I think there are some kind of culture reasons because he's toiled for them in the G League to, to give him a contract just to provide an example of working hard and being rewarded and that kind of stuff. But just on the court, is he worth that contract? Would you say? Well, I want him to be worth that contract just because I, I love his game. Just he's so creative and, you know, fun to watch. But I'm, I think I fall with, you know, on your side of the argument that he, he's probably, you know, not somebody that I'd believe in long term NBA. I was a little bit impressed with some of his on ball defense just against some guys. I think he stoned Kevin Knox a couple times and Zach Collins when they were matched up. So I, I was impressed, you know, with his ability to like, he's not the fastest guy. His athleticism is pretty terrible, but he was at least pretty good anticipating like how to slide and mirror some guys um, in some of those aspects. And then obviously his touch offensively, but like his feel for the game can only get him so far. Like he just looks, you know, really sh- short out there. He's improved his body. He, he's not, he's a very below average NBA athlete and he's not like a high quality three point shooter. So I, I don't think he'll, you know, really stick long term. And, and you said you were critical and, you know, maybe they could have done a little bit better with that spot, but there, there aren't any really, you know, spots for like playing time on the jazz roster right now. So you could argue like maybe they get like a younger development, undrafted free agent guy, stuff like that. But yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, it might've been like something they could have done better with, but I really don't think that's that big of a difference from what they could have done with it overall. Yeah. And he'll be there in practice. He'll, you know, he'll play hard. He'll, he'll contribute, be a good example, et cetera. Um, all right. Well, this was a lot of fun, a lot of work, but, uh, always one of my favorite endeavors to go back through summer league and try to really keep up on where all of these players are going so thanks so much for listening and it's gonna be team preview time later this week uh, already gonna get you guys started with our our ceremonial first uh, team preview but we'll do two actually per episode going through uh till october 1st so uh look forward to that and look forward to talking y'all later in the week till then At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.